0: The Natural Hat Trick, hosted by Luke Lipinski and Craig Morgan. Welcome to episode
2: 192 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig
1: Morgan. Mm-hmm. Natty
2: Hattie! And thanks to Craig Morgan's daughters for providing us with food today. Cool. How and, bad? Also Jamie Eisen.
0: Hi. Hi Jamie. I'm sorry I can't be a banana chocolate muffin to you.
2: No, you never will be either. I'm Luke Lipinski, and we're going to talk hockey for the next probably very long time. <laughs> you sound a little too bubbly this morning. It's the playoff stretch. There's two weeks left. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Coyotes fans are freaking out, but at playoffs? the same time, you're two two just trying points. to win a damn game. They're trying to win a damn game. Two points out of a playoff spot. <laughs> trying to spot. score a damn goal. Well, yes, that part's a little uh, a yeah. little concerning. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to the Coyotes this week have Chicago, Colorado, Minnesota. I would argue the biggest week on ice for the Coyotes since 2012.
1: What was the biggest week off the ice?
2: I uh, They had the team purchased. Uh, yeah, it seems okay. like that was kind of a big deal. Okay. I just figured somebody would tweet in and be like, no, there was a, a May 3rd, 2004. <laughs> so on the ice, biggest week since... They haven't been
0: playing on May 3rd in a while. Since, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. On the
2: ice. <laughs> oh, you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're going to have guests coming up now from... Chicago, Colorado, and Minnesota to break down the opponents the Coyotes will face this week. And those guests
1: are Scott Powers of the Athletic, the Athletic, Ryan Clark of the Athletic, the Athletic, and Sarah McClellan, old friend Sarah McClellan. It'll be good to hear Sarah's voice again and talk to Sarah. Not of the Athletic, not of the Athletic, Um, but she will be talking about the Wild. That's
2: not her fault.
0: But you're going to don't hold it against her that she has to cover the Wild.
2: All of those teams are still in it with the Coyotes, although Chicago's on the fringes now. They're really on the yeah. fringes. Um, but they did win last night. And they so did, but they, they also gave
1: around. Colorado a point in the
2: process. So I was waiting for four points to somehow come out of that game. <laughs> it's the worst. When you're in a playoff race and you see the two teams around you playing, and of course it goes to overtime. Although I will say this, the Coyotes have gotten a pretty fair amount of help from other teams around the league in the last week.
0: Yeah, we're going to spend some time on that. And, and they still control, obviously, the reason why we're talking to all of these great reporters right. from across the country is because they can somewhat control their destiny by winning the games against the teams in front of them and the one team that's uh, directly behind them. But... They've had plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. to move up in the standings and they took them for a while and they just weren't able to sustain it for more than they did. Yeah, we will like you said,
1: we will discuss that at length in, in hour two of the show yes. coming up it's not after going our going two hours. Oh it it may Mike, go, go ahead. on Natty Hattie Radio. We
2: also have a bunch drive of drive time non non I like it. coyotes, blackhawks, avalanche and wild talk coming up at the end of the show. Right. we're gonna we start with this because this is such a big week here in town. All right, joining us now, our first stop here on this uh, tour of Coyotes games this week, Chicago Blackhawks, three points back of the Coyotes, five points back of a playoff spot. We are joined now by Scott Powers of The Athletic Chicago. Scott, uh, first of all, thanks for the uh, the time. How is how is this team being received in Chicago right now, considering what they've accomplished in the past, but also this has been a pretty fun story here in the second half of this season?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think some fans are uh, hopeful for the future a little bit more now. Um, I think some are still angry about Triple Quinville being fired and um, thinking that this team had more potential um, and didn't live up to it. And um, so I, I think there's a mixed bag there. Um, I, I don't know how much people actually believe the Blackhawks are going to make the playoffs or how, um, yeah, just how realistic this run was or what this, what this team is right now. I mean, there, there's still some flaws in ways they are winning and, um, you know, just uh, I, I think there's some uh, uh, the defenseman and in, in some of the areas where they certainly need to improve going forward. But when you look at what what Strom's done and to bring kids and um, some of the younger guys, I, I think it, it brings out some hope. You know, Perlini um, uh, that, that they can maybe turn this around and uh, maybe not this year. And, and I certainly think they're in a tough spot now with uh, where they are in the standings. But uh, you know, they, they played better under Cult and. Um, from from about mid December on, and uh, certainly lately, they've they play been playing better hockey and winning games. Probably how Calhoun probably wants to to win games, so um, the, there's some signs that you know if if they go into free agency and uh, you know they spend spend the money wisely and and do some different things and show up a few areas that maybe this team um, can get back on track sooner or of later.
1: Let's dive into that a little more, Scott. I, I think if if I Put this math together right, and math is always a challenge for me, I should mention. <laughs> Since January 20th, I think they're 17,8 and 1. Is, is this truly a sign of things to come? Is it fool's gold? Is it somewhere in between? Um, what what is, is realistic to expect? Can, can they expect this kind of production from Debrinket and Strom going forward? What do they need to add specifically to make this team a playoff team again, a contender again?
3: I think some of it was fool's gold. I mean, it, when when they got they got going in, in January, you know, he really loaded up some of the lines, put Kane and Taves together. Um, you know, the power play was was clicking at an astronomical rate, and it, it slowed down since. And um, you know, they, they were winning games, you know, six to five, and still giving up a lot of uh high quality chances and um you know just outscoring teams and, and um just really putting it on their on their goalies to uh even at that point, you know, just to, just to to hold to hold their own because it was uh you know, when you look at a lot of the, the numbers, it was just the Blackhawks were giving up a lot and they've been doing it the last few years, you know. This has been a team that's um you know been, really been carried by Corey Crawford on um, the last few seasons, where the, the you know the defense just wasn't as in, wasn't as in, as in place as it had been in the past, and um, you know this year Crawford goes down and Colin Dealy comes up for Rockford and actually probably probably saves their season a little bit, and um, you know some people probably wish Deely had maybe performed a little bit more poorly just so they probably would have got him a chance closer to kind of tanking and getting a draft pick. Higher draft pick, but he came in and he played well and, um, you know, they outscored teams and uh, there are a lot of things that you could say that, yeah, they're winning, but uh, this probably isn't sustainable and um, you know, over the last uh, over the last two to three weeks, they've they played better hockey where, um, you know, they're limiting those chances. I think it's a better four-line rotation um you know crawford's uh, Crawford's back and he and he's he's playing like his old self he's just he's been really consistent and um you know as of late yeah it just you, you hadn't seen that uh, out of him this season since he came back from that first concussion, and then um you know there were some inconsistencies and then he goes down with the second concussion and then he comes back and it wasn't right and and finally he it's it all clicked for him and um so that's probably a promising promising sign. The future um but overall, I, you know I think I think this team needs to address uh, maybe a you know top six top nine forward i, I think there's some holes there, and then and especially the defense, they need to figure out a way to get a top four defense there. Um, I, I know they're really hopeful about a lot of the young kids coming in, but those kids are probably uh, you know probably a year or so away and um, you know, Duncan Keith and Seabrook keep on getting older. And, um, you know, Connor Murphy's, I, I thought he's played pretty well, but I think he has some limitations. And Eric Gustafson's really had a breakout offensive season, but he's, uh, you know, has some, you know, some liabilities defensively. So it's it's not a perfect defense. And um, I don't think it'll be a perfect defense next year, even just you know, whatever they decide to do, because I, I don't think they can move everyone and probably move enough pieces. But there's probably, a, you know, room to upgrade and, and improve some areas. And if Crawford's playing like this and, You know, if all those guys continue to take steps like Stroman and and the Brinkett and, you know, if Kane and Kays can kind of, you know, continue to sustain this type of play for at least a few more years, um, there's definitely a window for the Blackhawks to, to probably get back into it.
0: Scott, you mentioned Corey Crawford kind of getting back into his groove as of late. How much can he be relied on in the future, given his concussion history and his age? Do they feel like he's going to be a longer-term, multi-year answer, or are they already starting to look at what's next in net if they want to get back to the postseason on a consistent basis?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know if you can rely on him, right? I mean, he just he, he's um, it's I, I don't know what they expect from him long term. You know, he's got one more year left, year left on his deal. Um, you know, he'll certainly be back next season, and the hope is that he. He stays injury free and and he plays at this level. You know, he certainly when he's on, he's one of the better goaltenders. Just um, the question is whether he can stay healthy. And you know, multiple concussions now. He's had other injury problems the last few years. And. Um, you know, the Blackhawks have sometimes had to rely on that number two goalie, um, you know, in the past was Ron or Darling, and, and you know, they had the type of guy that could relieve him and step in and win some games, and, um, you know, they they feel like Colin Delia could be the guy, Delia, and uh, a multi-year extension uh, a few months ago, and, um but not really proven uh, over time in the NHL. So I don't know if they, they foresee him being the the goalie of the future, but at least, um, you know, he's projected to be the number two next year. And then um, I, I guess they'll wait and see how next year goes, you know, and see if, if Crawford can stay injury-free. Um, you know, uh, is he going to remain? Cons- he's certainly getting up there. No, he, I think he's, uh, he'll be 35. Um, there are a lot of questions, you know, where where where, where do you go with that next contract if you do sign him? Um, so I, I think – um, I think those are all bridges the Blackhawks are going to have to go over next season. We're just—he's—he's he's under contract and he's got another year left at six million. And um, you know if he's—he's if he's playing like he has, then then—and um, then maybe you have a conversation with him. But it, but if you know if there's another injury-prone season, and, um, and certainly if there's another concussion, you would think Crawford and the Blackhawks have to talk about what this means for his uh, just his long-term long-term life, and um, it's certainly, you know, even probably risky for him coming back from the second one, considering uh, how quickly he's had the two and how how much time he's missed. But, um, yeah, I, it's, uh, you know, the fact he's playing like this, it certainly, I, I guess it opens up to other discussions and probably makes the Blackhawks at least uh, give him a little bit more thought um, about how uh, how his future will, will, will go and, and what conversations they probably need to have a year from now. Scott,
2: the offense has not really been an issue for the Blackhawks until lately. Nine goals in the last ten games, but Brendan Perlini was heating up before that. Dylan Strome has been really good for that team. Uh, the Coyotes were happy with Nick Schmaltz; he just hasn't played very many games. But how has that trade now been received by fans in Chicago? And, and what have you seen specifically from Strom and Perlini for beyond this year?
3: Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's it's better received now. It, it you know Strom's production uh off the off the bat it, i think it helped help that make that trade a positive for stan bowman and and certainly perlini coming around adds to it um you know i i still think nick Schwaltz is gonna be a, a nice player in the nhl and uh maybe a, a change in scenery will, will do him good he certainly has a lot of skill and um you know the blackhawks saw this as a, as a two for one and getting two guys that could they could fit into the top nine roles and um, you know I, I mean i think you guys know as well as anyone that uh, perlini and strom are perfect and um you know perlini's consistency uh you know even now the last few games has been a little bit quieter um and Strom with his skating and some of his defensive aspects there you know there are questions but um you know he's shown that he can he can produce you know he he's really helped at power play and um and, and you know and perlini when he's when he's rolling he's uh, you know he's a force and certainly can score some goals so um, you know, I, I think the two guys, the Blackhawks, foresee being part of this future, and, you know, Perlini's contract's up this summer. I imagine they'll resign him and he'll be a part of the team next year and, um, you know, Strom the following year. But, um, yeah, yeah, both of them have been, you know, they, they fit well in the locker room. They're, um, you know, good, good room guys, and, you know, they, uh, certainly Strom and Debrinkit's chemistry, I think, has helped them in, in many ways. And, um, you know, Perlini seems, um, you know, he, he's so, he's so vocal, and, um, so, uh, just easy going and um, you know it's, uh, it took him a minute to kind of um, find his groove here but you know as of late it's, he's been better um, but uh, you yeah, know overall offensively the Blackhawks are just uh, you know the main thing is the power play the power play was what was driving that offense and as of late it's dried up and you you, you still see some of those chances and they're just not going in now you know the Brinkett's one-timers haven't been uh, haven't been connecting and Kane slowed down where um, you know he had 23 points uh, last month and I think he um, you know, seven or eight this month. So certainly Kane has a factor in that too. But um, overall, you know, I, I think the Blackhawks lineup, you know, after making that trade, and, and certainly where Perlini's uh, played lately, I think overall, uh, you know, Stroman Perlini have been nice fits, and, and certainly gives some uh, a few more options going forward.
1: Last question for you, Scott. And just looking at the immediate future here, there are a, the, a big reason uh, that we're discussing the Hawks, uh, also the Wild and the Avalanche today, is because the Coyotes play them all this week. It's a big week in the playoff race and the wild card race in the West. What is the feeling around the Blackhawks right now? They they had a huge series with Colorado, a home and home, where they actually lost ground to the Avalanche. I'm sure that's not sitting too well. What is their feeling right now about their playoff chances in, in the last two weeks of the season?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think they all know the numbers as well as we do. I mean, it's it's going to take something for them to get in. Um, you know, they needed to probably sweep this past weekend to really be. Uh, to be in that mix and uh, you know not only just um, you know, losing on Saturday but then allowing the Avalanche a point yesterday to, for that game to go into overtime uh, you know that probably was little, probably less than ideal for them so um, yeah, it's going to I don't know I, I think they're holding out hope you know the fact that they, they're they in this race I think they never expected it to be and uh, you know they got back in and fell that out and you know, the fact that even these last few games were meaningful I think uh, there's a little bit of surprise so I think uh, you know Colliton, and uh, you know he keeps on saying just focus on the next game and and play the right way, and then things will maybe take care of themselves. But um, you know, it's hard to imagine them, you know, making up five points and in seven games, and um especially having i guess just not even just the the points but also how many teams are ahead of them you know so i i, I think the blackhawks are realistic at, at some level but uh, probably not allowing themselves to think about it too much and just trying to play playing to play good hockey and um you know for the most part they've been doing that you know even this weekend you know the the colorado uh the saturday game they lost four to two you know it was, it was an empty there at the end and it was basically a one goal game and they were right in yesterday they played really well and, uh, you know, dominated the third period, the tie of the game, and then sent it to send it to overtime, and then scored that. Uh, Duncan Keith had a had a nice goal in overtime to win. it. so, um, you know, they're they're doing a lot of things, and and you know, regardless if they get in the playoffs, I mean, at some level, this has to be good for those younger kids and guys. Um, that that uh, you know get this experience and you know play some better hockey because yeah, I, I I think uh, you know like I said as of late it's just it's, they're playing hockey that I think Carlton and you know a little bit more sustainable hockey if you're going to play this way you can win some games and um, you know I, I think the offense will be good, you know will be there in the end and you know over time it'll it'll start picking up but if if they can play better like this defensively I think I think, uh, I, I think it's, it's a little bit better sign for the future.
2: Scott Powers, you can find him on Twitter at by Scott Powers. Scott, thanks for the time. We always enjoy talking to you. Have fun the rest of the season. Thanks. Right.
3: Thanks.
2: All right. Thanks, thanks Scott. Scott. So that's Scott Powers checking in uh, from Chicago. This is there's there is a decent chance, and I've certainly been leading the uh, the the train of thought that the Blackhawks are going to get into the playoffs, and they still could. I mean, they have a game in hand on everybody. They're not out of this by any means. I think in a lot of people, a lot of people's minds, they're maybe the most dangerous team just because they can put up six goals any given day but uh, they do have I mean they would have to jump Arizona Minnesota and Colorado or Dallas to get in and it's not like those other teams aren't going to be playing hockey the next few weeks no, uh, as well
0: you're running out of time I yeah. mean and, and to me at this point if you, you you're trying to make up almost the same amount of points as you have as games remaining it's just it's yes. not going to happen the, you're, you're fighting against time and Look, there, there are a lot of issues with this, this Blackhawks team, and I, I do wonder if expectations for next season are going to be artificially inflated based on what is happening in the second half of the season. Because, Some of it
1: will depend on the offseason, too, right? Oh, absolutely. Do, but
0: but I, I feel like you're not going to get, maybe you are, but I'm not sure you're going to get more out of Strom, for example, than you have been on a per-game basis so far. Jonathan Taves came back to being a, a point-per-game player. Patrick Kane is still a monster, and yet you're still in this situation. Like, I feel like all of the problems that we've been talking about with the Blackhawks for a year and a half now, they still exist, even though they went on this nice little run. And I'm not sure that changes, even if maybe the attitude around the team feels like it's changing.
1: Let me look at a a couple stats for you here. First of all, and and, and yes to all that, Jamie. Look, the best the Blackhawks can do is 90 points. It's going to take 88, 89 to get into the playoffs. This team is not good enough to run the table. This team has 33 wins, don't they? Uh, they're, they're, yes, yeah, they're they're not they're, they're, they're three
0: and forty two. Yeah, they've lost exactly. Yeah, they've when lost they They've yeah. lost more than half of the games for the entire season. Yes.
1: And and then look at some of the stats. When, when people talk about what what those younger guys have done, uh, you know, uh, everyone here, obviously in Arizona, is looking at what Stroman and Perlini very recently, although he's cooled off again, and we we've, we've seen that act many times. This is what he does, Alex DeBrincat is shooting eighteen point six percent. That's not going to last. Seems, that seems that comes back sustainable Brendan Perlini is shooting 16.9%. That's not going to last. He's got a good shot. Dylan Strome is shooting 15.4%. That's not going to last. There are so many stats here. Scott Powers mentioned Eric Gustafson, too. He's He's got 16 goals, I believe, now. There's a lot of stuff here that when you look at it and you say, okay, when this team has to play with structure instead of the go, go, go mentality that they had for a while when they got this new coach, what's going to happen? We're seeing some of it now. They're playing better, I suppose, better defensively, but they're not winning their big games. I I do think that there's a whole lot of fool's gold with this team. I think there are some major issues with this team. I think some guys right now, for short stretches, are overachieving. And unless the Blackhawks can make a big splash in free agency, which, as Scott mentioned, is still going to be difficult because of the issues Stan Bowman has put them in with bad cap management, I don't see this team getting back to contender status. Maybe in the playoffs, but to be blunt, with guys like Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taves on the rest roster, who cares if you're just in the playoffs? That's not what it's about for the Blackhawks anymore. I think, personally, short of some miracle in uh, fr- free agency or in the offseason, This team's cup window is over. It has closed.
2: Okay, so let me ask you two questions here. One is from a listener. I'll I'll start with this one. You look at this, and and if the Coyotes miss the playoffs, you're in that sort of no-man's land where you're basically picking, what, 15th in the draft, but you didn't make the playoffs. But I think the Coyotes, even if they miss, still had – they got benefits out of this. There was there's value to being in this playoff race down to the wire, possibly. And like I said, they can they can basically pull themselves right back in if they go three and zero this week. Uh, but Chicago, do they get any value out of this? Or as Scott kind of alluded to, some of the fans are upset that you probably maybe all you did was really kill your chances at Jack Hughes.
1: Yeah, you killed your chances at a good player in the draft. Right? If, you're going to miss unless you get really lucky in the lottery, which you know Chicago. So maybe yeah, you know somebody will take care of that. But Wait, is Chicago inside Edmonton now? I, Is that where it's located? I, I, I'm not sure how okay. it all works when uh, the Blackhawks end up in the lottery. I, I remember how it worked before. So, Do you? you know, yeah, Jonathan Taves uh-huh. and Patrick Kane, just saying.
2: So we agree Edmonton picks one, so, Buffalo picks two well, this year.
1: Well, we're going to talk about this with Ryan Clark shortly, <laughs> with Colorado owning Ottawa's pick. It's going to be crazy to think of. I wonder if that fan base spends a lot of time thinking about, hey, we might have Jack Hughes. We have a really good chance of having Jack Hughes added to this roster this season. Anyway, we'll get to that. But back to the Blackhawks. I... Uh, I've got a good listener question for you, too. So finish finish what you're going to
2: say. Yeah. No, go ahead. Throw it at me. This is from Show Up for a Full 60, and he has some Coyotes questions mixed in here. But uh, at the end, he says Does Craig think that due to the late season push by the Hawks
1: that Stan Bowman stays as GM, Dylan Strome may have saved his job? I think John McDonough already made it clear that Stan Bowman's job is safe. He said he's the guy that we want to lead us into the future. I have no idea why he said that. But I think he's safe. You know, the guy who was saying this was a playoff roster all along. And now we'll probably say, well, if we had hired Jeremy Carlton a little early, oh, yes. we'd, we'd be a playoff team. Joel okay. Quenville yeah, Joel Quenville back. has no idea what he's doing coaching a team. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be around next year. But that will be quite a test, right? So if if you're the Blackhawks next year and you get in as the 7 or 8 seed, as management, as, 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 as a team president or as the ownership is looking at it, how do you feel about that at that point? This, you, are you happy? When's,
2: I'm not trying to get you to ring the bell, although where is it because you're going to need it. Oh, it's right here behind the speaker. No, it's well, right you're there. You're hiding the bell no, from You're going to need the bell. When's the last time Chicago won a playoff series? It's been oh, a few years. funny
1: you bring that up. It has, yes. Yeah. Yes, it has. Thank you for that.
2: So I can just tell you from Pittsburgh's perspective, because they're in a similar boat, anytime the Penguins don't win a playoff series, it, with with Crosby and Malkin and Latang and now Kessel, but specifically Crosby and Malkin, I mean, the closest you can get to that is Kane and Taves. So that duo, having won three Stanley Cups, All your
1: reaction? Wow, it, was just a, it was kind uh, of uh, a mean, three Cups each, kind is, of a by, look. by last count.
2: But don't you feel like you need to be at least getting into the playoffs and winning a series, even in yes. your down years with yes, that duo? Yes, with,
1: with that kind of talent, you should have, and I've made this point so many times. He destroyed this roster through cap mismanagement. And there was the no key reason point. for the Blackhawks to descend in the standings this quickly. It was the GM's fault. He made bad decisions, and that is why their window was shorter than it should have been. And that's
0: the difference between why at the back end of their cup windows, why the Blackhawks are where they are, why the Kings are where they are, and why the Penguins, Sharks, and Capitals are where they are. Mm-hmm. They all had similar... Win- not again, they didn't all win as much, but they had similar windows there but cap mismanagement is what dragged the L.A.s and Chicago's of the world to the bottom of the standings, where Pittsburgh's been able to – again, they're, they're not going to win a cup again anytime soon, I don't think. I don't think they're that good, but they're at least contenders. They can win a playoff series. Washington won the cup last year. San Jose has experienced a resurgence the last few years. They've been able to do that because they have not completely destroyed their team via, via the salary cap. And have been able to add pieces and sign guys and be able to move people around where Chicago's just had to lose and lose and lose guys and trade guys and trade talent and do all of this. And just to
2: piggyback on that before we get to Ryan here, I mean, like with Pittsburgh and Washington, Washington could still win the cup this year. But the Eastern Conference is so much better, the cutoff line to get in, than it is in the West. It almost makes it more egregious that Chicago and L.A. most likely are going to miss. Right now, as we record this, I
0: do think LA is going to miss. Yes,
2: yes. Montreal has uh, 88 points. That's the second wild card in the East. In the Western Conference, I mean, Colorado just got to 81. Yeah. So Chicago should still be able to get in. LA is just not a good hockey team, and they're. It's a shift of power. They're just like, not good. For
0: so long, the Western Conference felt so, like the dominant conference, and now we're seeing the superpowers as they're going down. Nobody else is really. We thought it was going to be Nashville, but. Nashville doesn't feel like those superpowers anymore. Winnipeg felt like maybe they peaked last year. They could still win the Cup this year, but it felt like their peak was last year. We haven't really seen that. It's the Eastern Conference teams. It's the Tampas, the, Tur- yeah. the Bostons, the Torontos, the, even the Capitals coming in that we go, okay, that's the conference with the superpowers.
2: Nashville would be in danger of missing the playoffs in the East right now. They'd be in fifth place in the Metro Division. I mean, yeah, if, crazy, you wanna, right? if you want to talk about it, I know we've all said it on the, on the show this year, it doesn't feel like Nashville has it. Now, they might be able to turn it around in the playoffs, and maybe there's a certain element of coasting because they've kind of been locked into second. But in, they might have to play the central.
0: on the road for Game 7 in the first round now.
2: Yeah, like. they, they really might. I mean, they, they just to put it in perspective, because I don't remember a year where it's been this big of a discrepancy between the wild cards and the two conferences, mm-hmm. Nashville's two
1: points ahead of Montreal in the standings. Yeah, And that's the other point to make about the Blackhawks. We make, we've we made it about the turtle race all for, for a while now, for several weeks, talking about how it's a down year for the Western Conference in terms of the wild card race, really in terms of the entire conference. But when you look at the Blackhawks and say, well, they're still in a playoff race, to a certain extent, OK, it is what it is. That's the situation. But... They shouldn't be in a playoff race. And in most seasons, almost all seasons, they'd be well out of the playoff race by now. So why you would feel good about this situation right now, especially where the Blackhawks have been in the past, is beyond me. I don't feel good about this situation as a Blackhawk fan. They have 76 points. They are not a good team. I think it
2: it goes, and you've been saying this credit to you all along, Craig. I looked at Jamie when I was giving you credit, just so Jamie thought I was going to give him credit, which I'm obviously not going to do. Uh, they were beating up on the teams they should beat, and they they that's the definition of a team playing loose because they had nothing to lose, and they have the talent. But now here we are with seventy six points, yeah. in and they 75 lose all the big games. games.
1: Every time it's a like
2: a must yeah. win for the Blackhawks, they lose. All right, joining us now to talk about the Colorado Avalanche, who are currently in a playoff spot as we record this, Ryan Clark of the Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan underscore s underscore Clark. Ryan, how are you doing today? How's the fan base enjoying this uh, this playoff race now?
4: Oh, well, things are good and as far as the fan base. It's been interesting because three weeks ago, their playoff chances were dead. Two weeks ago, they were one foot in a grave. And now in the year of our Lord, AD 2019, they are in a wild card spot. And everybody's trying to figure out how they did it. And it's strange because, well, this season has been strange.
1: Yeah. yeah, in yeah, more ways than just in Colorado, <laughs> it's, it's a weird season in the West. Um, well, let's let's parse that. Uh, let's let's dive into some of those pieces. Since you uh, noted that, that it looked like their playoff chances were dead just a short time ago, how have they rallied and and jumped into a playoff
4: spot? Sure. Well, the the big key is Philip Grubauer and his emergence. I mean, he was named the NHL third star of the week today for the performances he's had. But when you think about what he's done since he's been given starts. I mean, he's not only played really well, but he's played better than any goaltender, whether it be him or Simeon Varma has had for the Avalanche at any point this season. And when you look at the last four games in particular, where they have faced a heavy amount of shots, Dallas and Chicago, the second game of that back-to-back being an example, I mean, he's the reason they've won these games. So that's been a large part of it. The secondary scoring is in another aspect, which it's ironic because that was kind of the talking point coming into this season is, who could score beyond Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, and Mikko Rantanen. And when you look at this team, ever since Gabriel Landeskog went out with that upper body injury, Tyson Berry and Nathan McKinnon are tied for the team lead in points with seven in that stretch. And you see Samuel Girard, Eric Johnson, Sven Androgetto. These players do well. And then the final thing is uh, they've gone with seven defenseman system. The fourth line had been such a problem. I think, we're, I think they've gone through about what? 40 different amalgamations, and we're in the, what, game 76, I believe, right now at the point of the season. And so it's just, it's been using that system that's allowed them to have 7D, that's allowed them to take forwards like McKinnon and Jost, uh, as well as Ronson, and when he's been healthy and give them extra ice time, that's kind of how they've done it.
0: I guess the million-dollar question is, can they sustain it? Is the secondary scoring, is the goaltending, is it sustainable, not only long enough to get into the postseason, but to do any damage?
4: Well, the goaltending, it appears that it could be, because this is the Philip Grubauer Joe Sackett traded for when they were looking at him last year, going down the stretch run with the Capitals. And you you think about what some of his problems were early in the year. The big one was the lateral movement, and that's something that, as of late, that's been his sharpest. Cool, really, And that's even something people in Washington and that organization said is, lateral movement is one of the strengths and we're now seeing it sort of appears that way. The secondary scoring is a big question, especially after yesterday, because I believe the figure was what the Blackhawks shot the Avalanche 17 to three and the third period on including that overtime. So with the secondary scoring, that's what's going to be interesting is, is can this team get enough shots on that so they're not bombarded in the third like we saw at the United Center on Sunday and like we saw at the American Airlines Center on Thursday as well.
2: Ryan, what's what's the general thought, or I guess mainly your opinion on on what this team is looking like? Not just for the the last two weeks of the regular season, but more so, could they do damage if they made the playoffs? And then even beyond that, I mean, they haven't won a playoff series since two thousand eight. So is this a team that is built, regardless of whether or not you get Jack Hughes, to be a perennial playoff <laughs> team in the West? Because that's, I mean, from a from the Coyotes' perspective out here, we're trying to figure out which teams are kind of locked into the playoffs for the foreseeable future.
4: First of all, who's the Shaq Hughes you speak of? No one's ever <laughs> talked about them. But, uh, but if you just look at the current roster now, the thought is this is a playoff bubble team that should be able, you know, to go further with maturity now as far as this year is concerned. Assuming they do get in, which it's looking like they could, uh, it all depends on the matchup. If it's Calgary, that might be over rather quickly just because every time the Avalanche have played the Flames, the Flames – find some way to win. We saw them get up to nothing, only lose three, two early in the season. And then there was the four, one collapse, which saw them lose six, five. And then of course there's the infamous Jared Bednar, Nathan McKinnon bench explosion at the end. So it's not exactly in the best circumstances dealing with the flames, but on the flip of that, let's say they end up facing the Winnipeg jets. I mean, sure. They've had success against Winnipeg, but it's not like it's been this great amount of success. Yes, they've won, but Winnipeg is still Winnipeg. Um, so it would be a difficult you know, series either way. But in terms of the future, excluding what happens with the Ottawa pick, this looks like a team that it could be ready to be a factor in the West for a long time. But when you include what could happen with that Ottawa pick, then sure, there's a belief that this team could compete for a cup within the next two to three years.
0: Yeah, because to me, Colorado's been one of the more interesting cases in the big picture the last five or six years. The, the Nate McKinnon rookie year, they, they have 112 points, and we think this is teams are ready to be a powerhouse at the top, and they slowly start coming down from there, and they completely bottom out in 16-17. Is this the start of them building back up into, we're going to be an upper echelon Western Conference team? Is it too soon to tell? Is this more fool's gold? Where, where do you see the, this season on the progression timeline for the Avalanche?
4: I mean, if they make the playoffs it's huge because it's the first time in more than a decade they've had consecutive seasons in the playoffs, which again, that is big for a team that is trying to take the next step and it's really progression as a as a legitimate playoff team before becoming a cup contender. And whether or not it's realistic, I mean it's interesting when you compare it to just kind of those previous incarnations because you look at the players that have left, namely Matt DeShane and Ryan O'Reilly, and those were two players that just that were going to be part of that rebuild, and they left. Whereas, if now McCannon, you know, wants to be here for the long term, Landeskog does. You know, Rantanen said at the beginning of the year, he said multiple times whenever he's been asked about his contract, this is where he wants to be. You talk to different players in this organization; they enjoy, you know, really being with the Avalanche for their own variety of reasons. So it doesn't look like people would, you know, want to leave. But really, the thing that's going to be fascinating with this team—it's not so much how they develop their first round picks. I mean, clearly they are doing well with that. It's what happens in rounds two, rounds three, rounds four, because when you look at this team right now, and that's really the big knock on their development is beyond that top line, Tyson Jones and Tyson Berry, no one else on that team was drafted by the Avalanche. They were all brought over in trades or free agency, and that's something this organization is going to have to get better at: is developing depth if they want to go far. Because again, you look at who your perennial favorites are. I mean, yes, for all the top line talent they have, they've been able to develop that you know third and fourth line, their second and third pairing defensive uh, groupings as well to really in order to sustain excuse me sustain success and really just be able to win with it.
1: Speaking of the draft, Ryan. How much do folks in those parts discuss the prospect of adding Jack Hughes to the mix?
4: Oh, it's been talked about every week. Um, <laughs> you know the no, well, I mean I think, but the funny thing is here is you know people say oh with each Ottawa loss the ABS are just they're a step closer to getting number one and it's like. Have you forgot sixteen, seventeen? when the Avs had the worst record in the salary cap era and they picked fourth? Like there's no guarantee they're going to get one or even two. And you know, then the question becomes if they're three or four, do you go forward? Do you look at someone like Bowen Byram? But really right now this is a team that has to draft a player that should be able to come in because this should be the start of the window because – Again, if they're able to get Hughes or Capo Paco, you put them with Tyson Joes, and let's say you have enough money left over to go get someone in free agency like a Jordan Everly who would be a really good addition for any team that's looking for a strong second-line winger with experience, that makes them a hell of a lot more dynamic than they are at the moment. But again, there's no guarantee they're going to get the first pick. I mean – it would be like, I don't know, let's say there was a franchise in the middle of the state of Arizona that oh. had a kid who was from Arizona. Yeah. And people thought, hey, wouldn't it be nice if he played in his hometown? And he went to somewhere imaginary, like, I don't know, Toronto. Not that such a thing would ever happen no, in real never. life. Seems but, crazy to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, <laughs> that's kind of the fascinating thing with the fan bases. they're excited about the possibility, but again... remember 2016-17 and what happened.
1: At least uh, Toronto earned that draft pick. uh, The year before is the one that still sticks in many Coyotes fans' craws Edmonton suddenly jumped into draft first for the 17th time in the last 20 years um, (laughs) and get Connor McDavid, and they're doing so much with him. Um, Wanted to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wanted to check in on the injury situation of that team. What What is their health situation looking like as they steam toward the playoffs here? I, I do think this is the team that's going to get in. Will they be healthy once they get in?
4: Isn't that the $50 million question? I mean, right now, Gabriel Landeskog, he still looks like he's on trajectory to return within this four- to six-week window, which the earliest he could return would be April 6th, the last game of the regular season against the Sharks at SAP Center. We have seen him skate, but like Jared Bednar said, the upper body movement is not to the point where he can shoot a puck. I mean, we saw him, you know, do some things with the puck the other day, but it was nothing like shooting. It was just more kind of, you know, messing around, putting pucks back in the bucket. With Miko Ronson, and that's a little bit of a harder one to evaluate. I mean, he's been listed as day-to-day. And what's strange about it is the injury was suffered against Dallas. We saw him after the game. He was in a suit. He was talking to the Stars' finish contingent. It looked like they were just having a friendly conversation. It wasn't the sort of look you would expect for someone who was going through an immense amount of pain, but he missed the back-to-back against the Blackhawks, so it'll be interesting to see if he's ready come Wednesday against the Vegas Golden Knights.
2: Ryan, great stuff. Really enjoyed this, man. Thanks for the time.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan.
2: That's uh, Ryan Clark. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Ryan underscore S underscore Clark for uh, all your Colorado Avalanche needs. That team is interesting, and the reason I I asked uh, the question I did in the middle there is the West is so... Open. And I mean, taking more of a broad view than than this year, I don't think Colorado could go to the Stanley Cup this year. But remember, at the start of this year, they were one of the better teams in the West. But just like next year, if you had to if you had to predict how the West is going to play out,
0: assuming or not assuming Jack Hughes. Because I think that that matters. Well, yeah, Ooh. I guess it's a lot. Where Game I'm trying changer. to go
2: is, is like in, <laughs> in the East, you know Tampa and Toronto are going to be there for a while. And Washington should yeah, still hang Toronto's around. Toronto's
1: just steaming toward the playoffs. <sighs> we'll, but, talk, we'll talk about that, But not not ways.
2: this year. I'm saying next year. And so in the West, it's like I still have Winnipeg a... or Vegas. I mean, I'm saying if Colorado added Jack Hughes or Kaka, just any like one of those top three picks and went out and got Jordan Eberle like he said.
0: Yeah, Well, yes. Yeah. Then, then I think you're talking about them as an upper echelon team in the West. But I still have that some concerns. That seems more likely than not. I still have some concerns. I don't think their blue line is anything spectacular. I need. I believe Philip Grubauer can be a good starting NHL goaltender, but I don't know that Philip Grubauer can be a good NHL starting goaltender. Grubauer. Sorry, I just, I just wanted
1: to say it like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger calling into, in. Well, so... I ran into a German Coyotes fan yesterday and, oh, yeah. on Long Island. He flew all the way from Germany to see the two games.
0: To go to Long Island? He, saw, see...
1: he saw one goal. So he
0: flew... Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Boy. So somebody... Flew yeah. all the way to America to experience that big a coyote. Newark fan. and Long Island. Long, well, but it was
1: Long Island. Say it right, Long did, Island. Did you
2: at least get his name? I feel like he yeah, should be a, like.
1: Give him a big shout out on Twitter, Luke. You need, oh. it'd be
2: Well, nice Luke doesn't just, read your work. Yeah, but, it'd be nice if, if you, you followed Wait, anything that. Are I did. On even the show notes? I would Twitter? be complimented okay. if you read right. them. Oh, that's what these are. Well, mm-hmm.
0: if you're listening to the show, God bless you because you went to Newark.
2: Yeah. Long Thanks, it's, Tim. It's a lot Thanks, easier Tim. to listen to this show than to fly to Newark and Long Island. I thought you should do both.
1: It was, it was really impressive. And and he, as he noted to me, he's seen. I think he's seen the Coyotes live six times. He's oh five and one Ooh. So Well, he's got that run. one. I mean, that's, got th- that's dedication there. And he saw one goal. He saw one goal this weekend. This this was a rough weekend. We got a little Oof. bit of time. We'll before. get to that. Well, we have time we'll before uh. Sarah calls in. Yeah. So sorry, I sound like Thomas Grice. That's, nah. uh, do you want to take some of these uh, listener? Well, questions? Well, I want to talk about. Okay, you want to no. To, actually, do oh, hey, want, to, go. Talk go Colorado, I I, I want to talk about Colorado? Go
2: with Colorado
1: because I haven't.
0: I haven't
2: screened
1: these yet.
0: What uh, oh. you don't screen questions? Who are you fooling?
2: I haven't pre-read them. Oh, I haven't pulled them out. There's like 50 of them because somebody tweeted out last night that we were going to take listener. Yeah, questions. why
1: would you want to do that? Why would you want to engage with the audience? Luke? I don't
2: know. You don't seem to want to answer that. So now. if you're,
1: I'll get the show back on track, Luke. It's okay.
2: Oh, please try. <laughs> it's been about 58 episodes since it was last on track. Side note: for some reason, I have episode 16 on my laptop. And I was, okay. I was, uh, Did you listen to it? I, I listened to special like five minutes of it. No, you were there. Jamie wasn't there. Oh. For, so it was a good episode. Where That's were probably, we? probably oh. why I saved it. Oh, okay. Um, what were we, ta- we were talking about John Scott and
1: oh, uh, the, the oddest stories of the season. Hey, how's that movie coming, by the way? The John Scott movie that I'm, everyone's going to see. I'm actually not filming it. Oh,
2: okay. Sorry.
0: All All right. if, uh, if you're Colorado... Which team do you want to see in the first round? Is it Calgary or Winnipeg?
1: Winnipeg. Apparently it's Winnipeg, according to Ryan, because yeah, uh, Calgary does not go well for them. It's kind of like the Coyotes. Calgary has not gone well for them. No, Calgary like, hasn't gone well for a lot of teams. I don't know what to make of, again, we're going to get to this, but Winnipeg and and uh, Nashville, uh, just not inspiring confidence right now. You know what? If I think if I had to pick a team to come out of the West right now, I on, might pick. I might pick Vegas. Uh, Vegas looks so good. They did, Vegas looks. good. They so did just good. lose to Detroit in overtime. Other than they look good doing that, it. That was a hiccup. Yeah, yeah didn't come focused. I don't. I don't know Th- that Vegas San Jose first round matchup. Wow. Fun. Yeah. That's going to be a good first round series.
2: I would put this caveat out there before the season. Jamie and I picked Winnipeg, and you picked Nashville to come out of the West. That was before Vegas went out and added Mark Stone at the
1: trade deadline, and before gonna... before. Uh, Nashville did not add Artemi Panarin because Garmel Kekalainen is all in. And
2: I
0: still might take Winnipeg though. Yeah, I'm still.
1: I mean,
2: because they don't have it. to face
0: any of those other teams until the conference final.
2: Yeah, the Central all of a sudden looks pretty just bland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Colorado's like a dangerous team in the first round, but I find it. I don't, startling. Right
1: now, they haven't won a playoff series in 11 years. Still not Still not on board this. Again, Colorado has 81 points. Yeah. They shouldn't even be in the playoff picture.
2: And they started off really good this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had three guys on one line that were being talked about as Hart Trophy candidates.
0: They've literally lost the majority of the games. The same thing like Chicago. They have lost more games than they can win this year. That's what's yeah. going
1: to happen for whoever gets in in <laughs> that's the last game. That's <laughs> the crazy thing. The four teams that we're talking about today that are in the mix for that last wildcard, the Coyotes have the most wins. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, set records aside and everything, of those four teams, Okay, who's the best team, do you think? Like, if you just said, right now, round robin, they play, you basically are getting that this week. You, all of those four teams just play each other each, twice, let's say, six games, who finishes on top? Colorado. Yeah, I think I Colorado agree. is, just because when you get to this point of a season when there's only six or seven games left, well, one line can win you a couple games, and and... Chicago is so bad defensively, and they don't—nobody—a lot of teams in hockey can't match that top line that Colorado has. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it as the best in the league earlier it's this year, them right them there with Boston. B- them
0: in Boston, right? Yeah.
2: But Boston has May- a lot maybe more
0: Maybe Winnipeg? Hmm. Yeah. It's just top line. Just top line. Yeah.
1: Those, those would be the— It's teams Colorado and be. Boston. Those I mean, are the yes. two best. What is, what is Chicago's top line? Who's playing on that top line at the time? Are, are like, taves and Kane playing together? Because t- if, if they are, then... Taves, Hossa. Well, oh, sorry. No, Marion And uh, Panarin. Taves, Hossa, Hossa, Panarin. is not walking through that door. So that's not Panarin, Hossa, yeah, Taves I, anymore? I, I, oh, I, think should, I think the Coyotes uh, should have brought Hossa back for the stretch for the post, run here. For the post run. Him Boughlin. and Chris Pronger. We've got a special uh, shell that you can wear over your skin for these final two weeks. We need goals, Marion. We need goals. By the way,
0: the fact that they are either don't or not allowed to sell like Datsuk, Pronger, and Hosa merchandise. Oh, this thing crazy. Can, how They're much, gonna much gonna money would they make? I think just they could make
1: a ton. Datsuk 13. I've already come up with a name for it. The Legends Corner. It's true. Wow, just put it in the team shop. Do you have to say it just like that, too? It's not the Legends Corner. The Legends Corner. corner. Legends Corner. Do that voice. Like that's even better. you got to get that radio voice. A light
2: piano playing in the background when you walk over there. Uh, we Like I said, we've got a couple minutes here before we talk to Sarah. Now, here's your options. We can talk about the Minnesota Wild or anything else. <laughs> anything else. I'll choose okay. anything else. Let's, let's get into the Coyotes just a little bit here before we talk to Sarah then. All righty. This is the most healthy they've been really all season. It now is. Isn't that cruel irony? It, it is. It is. It's tough to just throw everything together and expect it to instantly click, but... They are not scoring at the worst time of the year. They also didn't score at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. So we've known, and everybody knew, coming into this season, their weakness is scoring. It just is. You've got Elite good goal finishers. You've got defense. How do you address that? Going, We have a ton of listener questions about this topic, so if I don't get to all of the names when we get to that part of the show, I apologize. But for right now,
1: how do you address the scoring? You can't just tell guys on your team to be able to finish better. No, you hope that some of these guys continue to develop, right? But... And you hope that adding Nick Schmaltz back into the lineup has an impact on the power play where we saw it did when he was playing the half wall and look better than anybody they've had on the half wall. And he could help Clayton Keller as well because they looked really good together. So that is one thing that you hope. Again, you hope development. But I think if you're if you're at the point in your organizational development where you want to add something, scoring on the wings is the one thing you can probably do in free agency. Now, you have to be really careful because. The prices tend to get stupid in free agency. So you have to be very smart about what you're doing. And you also have to have the budget for it, which is... But isn't that all they need?
2: Not all they need.
4: (laughs) Yes, a budget would
2: be nice. No, but I think now you can look at the Coyotes and say... We just need a scoring winger. Not that that's going to put you in the Stanley uh, Cup. I, I uh, don't think one scoring yeah.
1: winger does it. But but aren't you I more I think they need two pieces here.
2: Okay, but aren't you more likely to go out there. Okay, but the two pieces are two scoring wingers. Like Problem you need score. I still
0: f- think you need a number one. I still think you need a top line seven. But I don't those. think they're
2: going to get that. You can't, you can't go out and sign realistically. No, but-
0: to say they only need a scoring winger, but I'm saying is, when you
2: attack free agency, you're not looking at saying, well, we could use defensive help, we could use another goalie, we could use. I mean, let's I, go you sign need a scoring a winger. an
0: elite center. Yeah,
1: they're not. Yeah,
2: no, yeah,
0: yeah. I,
1: I still you think did.
2: they
0: could use a right-handed defenseman. But yes, yes me too. But but, but an elite they would scoring, be in the playoffs
1: if they could score more right
2: now. This correct? Season. They would absolutely be in the playoffs if they. Well, had Well, no, a goal they'd score. be in the
0: playoffs if Toby Reader had 12 goals. Yes, everything's Toby.
2: Reeder. It is Toby Reader's fault. <laughs> we should blame Toby Reader.
0: Both the Oilers One and the team's already Coyotes.
2: doing that. We Edmonton already took that path.
0: Yes, if let's say, okay, let's throw out the name out here because we talked about him in the off season. Yes, if you were able to add a player like James Van Riemsdyk, for yeah. example, that would be extremely helpful to you in the wing. But yes. you also need players that, again, we talked about this with Clayton Keller a little bit, and he there are a lot of things in his game he doesn't do well. But I would love to see next season if he continues to play with Schmaltz. Play with skill, yes. What happens when he is playing with skill? What happens when other players are playing with skill? What happens when Alex Galchenyuk doesn't miss a bunch of time at the beginning of the season when he's trying to transfer to a new team? I want to see
1: that line right there Schmaltz, Keller, and Galchenyuk. I want to see them play together. I do. I want to see that three sort of so play I. together consistently. I feel
0: sorry for the goalie in net in that point, but still that could be well, an, both extremely nets. exciting. To, to, be, <laughs> Correct. to be frank, it, to, to
1: be fair, Nick Schmaltz is good at back pressure. He does he does do that well. Now, defensive zone positioning, that that needs work, but he he does work hard to get back on defense and back pressure and stripping guys of the
0: puck. But maybe that's where you say, you know, we have we do have an elite system, elite defense. Mm-hmm. We need some scoring. Let's see how this plays out. Again, nobody's no line is sticking together for 82 games. We don't see that. No, even Colorado broke up their top line briefly, and then almost missed the playoffs because of it. The the
2: Coyotes, even in this stretch here where they're struggling, they're still playing pretty good defense and getting good goaltending. Very well defensively, and Darcy kemper has been. Incredible, Darcy Kemper's been unreal. I mean, we we probably should give him even more credit than we're oh, giving him because he just sorry played for the guy three yeah. games in less than three
1: days. Basically, twenty save percentage on this road trip, and he did not win a game. And anymore. he goes 0-3 and yeah. one. Yeah, and it's absolutely not his fault. So, mm-hmm. do you still have hope. Uh, I, look, I, I know. Uh, yeah, wait, I, wait till I, the look, regular I, season's over. I know the the narrative <laughs> out there is that well, they still control their destiny because they play these three teams this week, and that and that's true to an extent, but. Here's the reality of it. When you start doing real analysis of the math of what it's going to require, how many points it's going to require for them to get in the playoffs, the projection right now is we're probably at 88 points that it's going to take. Okay. That's that's according to the projections right now. Okay. Now, are the Coyotes going to win a tiebreaker with teams if they finish with 88 and someone also finishes with 88? They're not in good shape on that front either. So you're probably looking at needing 89 points, which means... You probably need ten out of the last twelve points. Yeah, you need a word. For How this realistic thing. is that?
2: Well. Uh, uh, maybe it's not realistic. I mean, we just saw them go on a run be- before they went on this mm-hmm. complete uh, tailspin. But, I mean, if they go 5-1 and one down the stretch, they're going to have tiebreakers at that
1: point. Here's the map for it. You have to win your home games. Bingo. You have to win your home games. You have to games. win the games this week. Well, y- you got to beat Chicago. I, yeah, and I do think if you're going to win a road game, you got to beat Colorado in Colorado. Because if they beat you in regulation, kiss it goodbye. Yeah, that's that, a that's dagger. Must that's must
2: Unless Colorado completely melts down this week prior to that and right. the Coyotes beat Chicago, then maybe you can talk yourself into still being in it yeah but i think realistically you have to beat colorado on friday
1: right then you got to come home beat minnesota it was it the kings is the one team yep. that's left you, you absolutely can't stumble in that game and then your last two games you you've got one loss mark got vegas and winnipeg in your last two games who may be playing for positioning yeah. right now i don't know yet it could they could be winnipeg may just mail it in in that last game and rest guys in which case that's that's a good scenario at home yeah because we we've seen i mean even though the kite is had some recent success at Vegas. That's a tough place to play. And if Vegas is trying to pass San Jose, I don't know. I I it,
2: think there is a path where you can go four one and one and get in, but it's tough. you have to beat points. Colorado and you have to beat Minnesota yeah. in that path. Yeah. And you
1: get, could it, get in at eighty eight. Yeah. yeah. So, but they just they they had a little bit margin for error on the heading out on this road trip, and they they squandered it. They used it all. They squandered it.
2: They they burned through more of a buffer than they thought they had, honestly. If you had told me a week ago that they were going to go 0-3-1 on the road trip and still be in it, yeah. I would have. Because other teams around them were winning prior to this week.
1: Clayton Keller, wide open net. That's the one that Wide really open net against New Jersey that's, in overtime. That's the one that hurts, because even that one more point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That matters. Yeah, Yeah. And not to mention the one point they gave up to Edmonton in the last game before they left. Those yeah. two points, how huge mm-hmm. would those look right now? And now,
2: because and of that, th- Minnesota's th- R- still in it.
0: And those are two ROW. Yes, absolutely. Because all of a sudden, at that point you're tied with Minnesota. You have more than Colorado. You have more than Chicago. Like it's
2: that's it all matters, fair or not. That if they miss the playoffs, that's going to be the image that sticks with everybody. Is missing that shot from what a half foot away in an empty net in yeah, overtime. and overtime. He did
1: get handcuffed. It came at him quickly,
2: but you had the entire net and you hit the post. But do not think he, of that not. He's also not pointing
1: to like a 37 goal season to fall yeah, back on and exactly. say yeah, I just he's not producing. One. Clayton Keller is not producing. But we'll get into that later.
2: All right, our final guest today is a name familiar to many Arizona Coyote fans. Sarah McClellan, now of the Star Tribune, calling in to talk some Minnesota Wild Hockey. Sarah, how are you doing?
5: I'm doing well. How about you guys?
2: Uh, We're enjoying the playoff race. We were enjoying it a lot more prior to the last uh, week and a half, I would say. (laughs) They just stopped scoring completely. (laughs) With uh, it's
5: gotten interesting, though,
2: it it has gotten interesting. So let's let's start with uh, if Minnesota gets in. I mean, of these teams right now in the running with Colorado, Arizona, Minnesota, Minnesota's been there a lot recently, but they haven't had much success. So if they get in, is there a thought this year could be any different?
5: You know what? I'm curious to see if that happens because of what the potential matchup could be. Uh, you know, as much as this team has been up and down and inconsistent and, and baffling at times, you know, it's a team that plays really well against the best teams in the league and then for some reason struggles with the teams that are way below it in the standings. Um, so it's kind of, you know, peculiar as this season has gone. You know, some of the first round matchups that, you know, it could potentially see in like a Calgary, um, you know, those are the teams that the Wild has matched up well against. You know, it's undefeated this season against Winnipeg. It plays Nashville very tightly and it plays Calgary very competitively. Um, And so, you know, I think it would be interesting to see if this was a team that managed to you know, clinch and get in, um, you know, even though it you know, potentially would be that final eighth seed, if that's how it, you know, ends up, uh, I'd be curious to see if it, it's a much more competitive series um, than maybe, you know, someone would think with, you know, the top team in the conference playing the second wild card team. Um, because, you know, the Wild has just had a knack this season for bringing its best against the best. And so I don't think as much as it may look, you know uncomfortable i don't think a 1 versus 8 or a calgary minnesota or you know if you ran into a winnipeg or I, I don't think those types of teams are as intimidating this season um especially the way the wild has played them so it it could be interesting for sure
0: yeah i think that's a great point but when you're looking at that how much of it is that the minnesota wild could maybe make a little bit of a run or that they have the pieces in place to do it or is it more that the top of the west is kind of come down in terms of prestige and over the last, let's say, year or two?
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Calgary's goaltending situation makes them probably a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, Winnipeg's health isn't, you know, obviously at full strength, too. So, yeah, there's all these other, I think, other factors, though, that open the door maybe for some intrigue. And, um, you know, the Wild is banged up, too. You know, it, it's missing Zach Parise right now. It's missing, you know, a top-nine center in Joel Erickson X. Um, it's obviously still without captain Nico Koevu defense Matt Dumba so this is obviously a team that's not at full strength that probably you know is uh, you know struggling at times to score and defend because it's not you know using a lineup that it's used to relying on so you know i think it's probably a little bit of both and that you know this probably is the year that you know if you can sneak in as the 7th or 8th seed in the wild card spot that Um, you know, who knows what happens. It just seems like the West is weaker this season, and um, now is maybe the time for a lower seed to capitalize.
1: Sarah, what is the timeline on Parisian right now?
5: You know what? They're hopeful for the weekend, so, uh, you know, he could very well be in action when this team goes head-to-head with the Coyotes on Sunday. Um, They're hopeful maybe this weekend. Um, You know, the Wild, obviously, that's a two-game trip for them, so they're in Vegas on on Friday um, to take on the Golden Knights before then. Um, It's a lower body injury. He was clipped up um, by Tom Wilson Friday in Washington. Tom
1: Wilson? Really? Shocking.
5: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so he, you know, he was slow moving. He kind of, you know, slowly went to the bench, but he was right back out there and then set up the game-winning goal and played the rest of the game. So it wasn't until Saturday when, you know, he couldn't go against Carolina um, that it was clear, you know, he was hobbled and, and dealing with something there. So, uh, a tough time for them to lose their leading goal scorer because offense has been tough to come by of late for this team. You know, that was a two-one win over Washington. They scored just once against the Hurricanes. Um, you know, to lose his his offense right now is a tough blow to overcome, especially with the week ahead um you know, facing uh the competition that the wild has in store this week.
1: Sarah, when you were still here in Arizona, there was a lot of talk about some of the top prospects in the Wild system and and maybe that the Coyotes should have landed one of them in a in a trade when they when they traded Marty Hansel. <laughs> yeah,
5: um, I vaguely remember that trade. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what have what have they received from some of those young pups as they've made their way into the lineup?
5: Yeah, you know what, I, I think that's been an encouraging takeaway So far, you know, these last few weeks, especially since I think the the turnover at the deadline and then the loss, obviously, of Miko Koivu, it certainly put more responsibility on the shoulders of a Jordan Greenway, a Luke Cunning, you know, and Eric when he was in the lineup. He, you know, he had been playing his best best hockey, I think, of his career after Koivu was sidelined and he was slotted into a top nine role and was really charged with, you know, taking on a penalty kill role, but also flex more, um, you know, in the offensive zone and be a two way. Force. And, and then he, you know, obviously got hurt and has been out ever since. But, um, I, you know, I think the, the the rookies have have held their own. Um, you still see kind of the up and downs. I think the weekend was kind of a perfect example of that. You know, they led the way, they scored both goals in that two one win over the Capitals, and then, you know, kind of struggled um, the next night in Carolina. And so they they're definitely on that roller coaster that rookies tend to be on in in, in their first few years in the league. But having said that, I think. The way that this pressure, um, you know, this opportunity to take on more minutes when the games matter more, they haven't shied away from that. They seem to be embracing it. And now, too, you can add Ryan Donato in the mix, who mm. has turned out to be their best trade acquisition of all the moves they've made. Um, he's just shy of a point per game pace. Um, he seems to have fit in seamlessly and really found a niche on this all-rookie line now with Greenway and Cunnan and they're learning from each other I think they relate to each other Um, they obviously you know have played together in the past whether it be at the Olympics or I think some U.S. tournaments growing up Um, they all took the college path I I think there's a great synergy that's developing there and you know what maybe it doesn't get the team in the playoffs. maybe this team does fall short but I think that's an encouraging sign for the future and you know I'm you guys are seeing the same with the Coyotes, whether or not, you know, this ends up in a berth, you know, this still seems like a step in the right direction that, you know, an organization can build on moving forward, even if there's disappointment in the interim.
1: Do you have a snappy nickname for that line yet? The All-Rookie line? No.
5: No, I've been calling it the All-Rookie line. I guess we could maybe play off the initials, maybe, uh, you know, G... K-R-D, I'm not sure, I guess I should ask them if they dubbed themselves something All yet, right. but yeah. I'm
2: gonna put you on that,
1: okay?
5: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> uh, Sarah, you covered uh, Dubnik, obviously, when when he was here with the Coyotes, and now certainly uh, in, in Minnesota, his career has obviously taken off in that stretch, but how much of this season and them hanging around in the playoff race is because of him? And then the second part to this is is how how far do you think he's capable of, of taking a team in the playoffs? Like is there a ceiling to what he can do, or is he maybe able to go on a run?
5: Yeah, I think that run is definitely, you know, a possibility. I, I think we've seen it in stretches this season, too. Um, you know, he's really peaked at a few at a few opportune times. I think right after he was named an all-star, um, you saw a spike in his play. I'm sure it's just, you know, a shot to the arm, a boost of confidence to get that type of league-wide recognition. Um, you know, and he had a, a stretch recently, too, you know, where the team kind of put together a much-needed win streak Um, You know, I think it was an eight game point streak um, and and he was a real catalyst behind that as well. And so um, it's there. Um, You know, I think that the potential is certainly there for him to get hot at the right time and, 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 you know, go on a run. He's obviously done that before his first season, Uh, you know, leaving the Coyotes coming to the wild. That's all he did was kind of carry this team on his back to the playoffs. But, yeah, this is a team that very much goes the way its goaltending goes. Um, it's very much dependent on him. And, it's you know, maybe it's not uncanny, but, you know, if this is a team that it's success compared to when it um, gives up two or less goals or, you know, three or more goals, um, it, that seems to be the dividing line. That seems to be, um, you know, a great barometer and indicator of this team's success. So if he lets in two or less, they have an incredible chance to win. They usually do win. Um, And if it's more than that, I mean, the weekend was a perfect example. Washington scored one. They won Carolina buried five and you know, the team lost. So he is definitely the pulse. He's the catalyst. This is a team that, despite its changes, coaching changes, personnel, it is still very much built from the net out, um, and he sets that tone. So he'll be someone to watch. I, you know, there's no more back-to-backs on this team's schedule, so I'd expect you know he would be in there the rest of the way to help the team try and you know seal a berth.
0: In a way, Sarah, this kind of feels like a, the Wild are a little bit transition here. So where do you look at them? What do you see for their long-term plans? Some of their top prospects are now coming up. Like you said, they have the rookie line that's now making an impact. But Parise and Souter aren't exactly getting any younger. Neither is Eric Stahl. What do you think is the long-term plan for the success of the Minnesota Wild here?
5: Yeah, I think it's probably going to be you know kind of tinkering on the fly because I don't think this is a team that – is equipped to kind of do a full-scale teardown, a rebuild. Um, You know, if it misses the playoffs, it'll be the first time in seven years. I don't think that's something to trigger the panic button. But still, you're right. I think it's a team at a crossroads. And I think we saw that at the trade deadline, that, you know, it's a team that obviously made subtractions, getting rid of former key pieces, core cogs, and Mikhail Granlin, and Charlie Coyle, and Nino Niederreiter. Um, So it certainly signaled a new direction, but this is a roster that, you know, is very difficult to, I think, severely repair when you have such long-term um, pricey contracts on the books and suitor and prevail. It just, um, you know, hamstrings, I think, what this organization can really do. So I think that's why it's more, you know, like you said, a transition um, kind of retooling on the fly. So it's integrating younger players. They certainly targeted RFAs that they can control in Kevin Fiala, Ryan Donato. Um, you know, Greenway looks like a fixture. Cunnan looks like a fixture. Um, if they ever get Stop over here from Russia, he's another exciting, arguably, I think for sure, their most intriguing prospect still in the pipeline. He still has a couple more years in the KHL, but I think it's just finding those holes and integrating youth. But obviously this is still going to be a veteran squad. It just is when you have Devin Dubnik locked up, you have Suter locked up, um, and you have, you know, Stalin Parisi up front. So I think it's finding that mix, finding that balance of making sure they get they get you know uh faster um add more skill give more youth opportunity um but it it obviously can't happen you know at the expense of removing these veteran pieces they're just locked in and i think that's just the reality the wild is having to reconcile
1: all right sarah last thing crystal ball time Minnesota Wild, in or out of the playoffs?
5: Oh, gosh. I wasn't expecting you to put me on the spot. <laughs> you know what? I Like I said at, at off the top, it is tough for me to handicap this team um, with how up and down they've been. Uh, you know, they you think that they're down and out, and then they turn in a performance like they did Friday against Washington, and you're like, wow, this team still has it in it. Uh, so I don't know that I can give you a prediction. I will say, though, I think Colorado is the team to watch. I really think Colorado is the one that is in the driver's seat right now. Um, the way that they've been playing, the goaltending—that's the team that I think you know. At this point, even though nothing is clear cut, and there's still this week and next week, I think that's the team that is in position um, to have you know the pressure on it to lose it because I think it, it just right now the Avalanche look a step ahead of of the other two teams.
2: Yeah, it's tough to argue with that, Sarah. It's always great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the season. All right. Thanks guys. We'll see you soon. Take cool. care. Thanks, Thanks for Sarah. calling in. Yeah, Sarah McClellan calling in. Like I said, all Coyotes fans are very familiar they with. They already Sarah. know where
1: to find Sarah yes. on
2: Twitter. Uh you know, Minnesota too, looking at their schedule, sorta of to her point there at the end, they've of the of the teams in this, they've probably got the toughest stretcher. They've got Nashville, mm-hmm. Vegas, Arizona, Winnipeg, Boston, Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's not uh, great. That's that's rough.
0: Yeah. Just like the wild, they're not it's not great.
2: They are they do have a lot of young talent. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned Kaprasov, who's it feels like they drafted him in 1974 and he still hasn't come over. It really hasn't been that <laughs> long. Do, could, you,
1: <laughs> could you eventually get excited about this team? No. What would it take to get you excited about Minnesota? If Kaprosov came over and had a Dominican birth certificate that said he was 21 still. That would get you excited about yeah. the Minnesota <laughs> Wilds? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. It's a little off page.
2: They, uh, <laughs> they know how to hang out in the, mm. uh, in the playoff race, so yeah, I'm not going to count do. them out. That's true. They do. All right. Want to go around the league a little bit here? Okay. Please, anything about the Wild. Columbus is very much I mean, in all this again. Yes. All in, all, all in, but also, I mean, they just hammered Vancouver last night, and at so what? Eight, well, so what? They're two points behind they Montreal, are, and they
1: have the row, So if they win that game, and they have a game in the playoffs, yep, 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 yep. They play each other this and Columbus week. I think
0: are both not not great. You, yeah they're better than the wildcard teams in the west but there they're you not go great See, and it's a playoff race what else do you want to talk about i didn't say you, i didn't say you can't talk about <sighs>
2: it
1: is and it's really down to those two teams philadelphia fell out of it they're done yeah bye bye flyers they're, it's a columbus or montreal for that last spot that's, Philly, that's Philly all that play pittsburgh anymore that's so. really all the intrigue unless you're interested in jockeying positions in in the uh division races which i don't, I don't know that it matters that much um well, it matters. I, I think winning the well, no one's catching Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm going to say that Tampa Bay's going bold to you. win the Atlantic. It's very bold. Kay. They're still on pace to set the record for mm. wins because yes. they're on pace
2: for 62 and a half wins, which yes. would set the record.
1: It would be wild too if they had 62 and a half wins. That yeah. would be a really cool story. It, uh, I might even write about that yeah. if they got to 62 and a half. Might you? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Huh. Lucky us. Yes. So uh, back we're, to what we were talking about: the oh, playoff yeah. races. Um, Columbus. I, I heard it suggested this weekend by a source. I'm going to always say it that way A source That Jarmo Kekalainen might have had ownership in his ear When he decided to go all in
0: Oh, I'm sure he did.
1: I suggested that More on the show than like in three his weeks ear. ago. Like in his ear with like if you a don't, sharp object. <laughs>
0: like if you don't...
1: <laughs> I'll puncture your eardrum if you don't go If you don't in. do some damage yes. in the
0: postseason, you're not going to be here anymore. Right. But,
1: but, okay, but didn't I... They're still on... But they're on watch. That's what I'm hearing. They're on watch. But like they might clean house. Take that
2: one step further, though. If ownership told you to go all in and you're Jarmo Kekalainen and this team misses... By a point or two Can't you say You told me to go all in You can't punish me for that You could punish yeah, me sure for I'm sure that's going
1: Yeah that's gonna work That'll help Yeah. Well, okay but well, it, How come it, he it, didn't get
2: it done His track record up to this point Has been really good in Columbus
1: No it has I, I don't think we're, we're But I, what have they done In the postseason I'm just saying I don't know that You quite, would fire him Quite literally nothing Yes they've nothing. never won so a series So you can't There's only a So long you can keep saying Well he's done a nice job Putting piece They haven't had any Playoff success None so you can't say he's got a good track record. Also, anymore. he's going to lose all
0: those pieces. <laughs> yeah, and lose. he's going to lose an A plus. Also, they're going to lose in three. Nothing. Also, your what's your reward to lose in Tampa? Yeah, that's Tampa? and that's like, what you're,
1: that's the hilarious thing about this Montreal Columbus battle right now. You're battling to face Tampa in the first round. But Congrats. if ownership told you to go for it and go all in to make
0: the well, playoffs well, then, this
2: year, you know Tampa's there.
0: Well, but I know then you're handcuffed. I don't understand? But the the, the thought that he will escape blame because ownership told him that's no, not going to happen. That's not what I'm saying.
2: I'm saying he won't. The owner's get, not going to fire themselves. He's not going to get fired because he went all in this year. If he gets fired, it's going to be because of what you just said. Of they, they miss this
1: or. Games. If he goes out in the first round, which he's going to because they're not beating Tampa. Yeah, nobody's I beating Tampa I think except they Boston. need to win a playoff series for him to keep his job, and I don't think that's I, happening. They not even have a I'm chance I'm not to. even sure they're getting in, but even if they get in, they're playing Tampa. They're want, not going beyond who, who, the first round. Who do you want in, Columbus or Montreal? Columbus. Yeah? Yes, I, really, I want John Tortorella in the playoffs. I really yeah. just because I want those quotes.
2: Carolina to play a Canadian team in the playoffs, and it's there's just no way it can happen for a while. I, well, yeah. I, no, there really I, isn't. It is too bad. I, okay, two okay. things with Carolina. Okay, one, I heard this brought up hoops. Yes, no. let's talk about North Carolina basketball.
1: Okay, no
2: good chance they play Duke in the finals. Um, no, I thought you meant. Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, basketball. Carolina playing basketball after the game. Yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Okay. okay. So, boy, this is clunky. If you just let the show evolve and stop jumping in with your useless comments, I could get. There. Wow, Carolina. Really? That should see, be the, see the foundation. See if Craig's family
0: ever makes you muffins again. Oh, by, by the,
2: the way, I need more of those.
1: Oh, well. Oh, do you, you now? Yes, oh, I do. <laughs> they were very delighted. Pity that you're sitting
2: on that side of the <laughs> yeah. table. And you just called it useless. You like a muffin?
1: Uh, that was that.
2: Am I might. I, I, I can't, comment, can't
0: go for a third one. Why don't we eat them on air?
1: Well, there is a third one there for you. And and as by the. Of it,
2: there's a fourth one there for you now, too, <laughs> and a fifth because I've only had one. The useless comment was clearly directed
1: at Jamie, whether uh, I get a muffin no, that or not. was
2: clearly directed no, at me. He was know. the one that jumped in and said, This is clunky hmm. with okay. Carolina and the uh, the storm you surge. I'm, I'm not
1: buying, buying it either.
2: I've heard it debated that you just they, made the list. They, <laughs> I just made the list. <laughs> it took this long. Have you heard anything <laughs> I've said for the last 191 episodes? <laughs> They're gonna still do this in the playoffs, Go are ahead. they not? Do it. No, I'm Yes, asking. it's
1: great. It's so much fun. I don't care what There's a group of grapes people. has to say. Sour grapes. <laughs> who cares? Seriously, who cares about Don Cherry? Why does he still exist? Why Go he still away. Why does exist? Because he's an institution. He's in a joke. To me, he's Don ex- Cherry is a joke. He exists so we he's can make an fun of him. embarrassment. Wow. Get him out! Yes. He is an embarrassment.
2: This took a sharp turn, and, and and joining us now our next guest in studio, Don Cherry. I awesome. forgot to that tell you, that would be great because I would
1: love to have a little chat
2: with He's, him. <laughs> we just have him behind that door like a daytime TV talk show. The other thing, though, if, if Carolina's going to keep doing this in the playoffs, are you
0: doing it forever? I mean, well, no, they'll, they'll do it for the one home game that they win against Washington. <laughs>
2: are you doing it next season? Ouch.
1: Yeah.
0: So why a, not? I think it should be, why can't it, be a thing. I'm not saying you Wait, shouldn't. are we talking about
1: basketball or are we just talking about some gimmick in general? I don't even yeah. want to call it a gimmick because that sounds like I'm, I'm trashing it. And I like it. They're having fun. Yes, they are in a, a different kind of market that requires Look, a different kind of marketing. Uh, and Don Cherry and different, on yeah, me. Yeah, I'm sorry, Canada, that the game has morphed in other markets into something other than what you believe it should be. But sorry, you have no control over it. And they're having fun in Carolina. So deal with with it. Why are we all still wearing headphones? We have no more guests. I'm I, I kind of like it,
2: okay, actually. Well, yeah. I, 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 I like think we should sound. roll with it for the rest of the way. The sound
0: right. of my own voice is clearer in them. Yeah,
2: see, that's the problem. I can almost hear Jamie's <laughs> Can you do a Morgan Freeman in person? I cannot.
1: Oh. I'm just sitting here listening to the sound of my voice. <laughs> Sorry. <Wasn't, laughs> that's going to be a drop. Uh, no, that, okay. wait, let me just figure out what time it was when you
2: said that, real quick. <laughs> okay, and I'll write that down. No, I'm not saying they should stop. I'm asking from Carolina's perspective, this was something that was started organically. We all love it. It's something I think you have to keep doing through the playoffs. Are you going to run out of
1: material if you have to do it for the next 10 years, too? No. You could, there's endless the, you know what, there amounts be, of material.
0: That's a great problem to have if you're yes. winning so many home games that you run out of ideas. Hire,
1: like, SNL writers or something to keep coming up with new skits. They should create a skit that incorporates Don Cherry. I'm f-
0: Yeah, <laughs> They should. <laughs> somebody
2: should They should have a
0: suit. And someone should put it on, like, do a fake broadcast and, like, shoot a puck at him.
2: See, that would be good. Done. I, mean, I would like you that. You can have that one for free. Is it going to irritate old school hockey of types more in the playoffs? I hope That's it does. It's, it's one of my favorite storylines f- for the playoffs. I feed
0: off that energy. <laughs> <laughs> I feed off of that. Your soothes me. <laughs> yes.
1: All
2: right. Please uh, tell me how uh, the
0: sanctity. the
1: show just got a lot better. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say when we
2: stop talking about the
1: wild. Feed oh, me oh, Don, Don, Don Cherry. Nice to talk yeah. to Sarah. Feed it's, me Don Cherry yeah, tea. It's not her fault she's talking about the Minnesota Wild. She actually made the wild interesting She did. I give her a lot of credit. Uh, just pl- ten minutes pl- more than we've had all season. Plus, she has the un- <laughs> she has the
0: unenviable task of covering a, a non plural team, which makes everything and talking and writing just so much worse. I hate it. I I hate singular nicknames. Which, they, if you're wondering why she really said, me. if you're wondering why she said it a lot, that is grammatically the correct yes. way you have to. Discuss would you the Wilds. like
2: them better if they were known as the Minnesota Wilds? Yes. No, I would just like <laughs> prefer they
1: choose a better nickname.
2: They would have to be. I on, don't even know what a wild is. They, yeah, it's or even our our the logo is, is R. I, I used our to play for a hockey team that like, was our jersey. I don't know, Sacagawea,
1: Wild. Sacagawea, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's an odd word know. association. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, if just, they, what if they were the exact. New Jersey Wilds? Would that be better? <laughs> the New, Jersey moon the New Jersey Devils is a great nickname yes. when you know that history. Yeah. What is Minnesota Wild? I mean, what? It's like what? Florida Panthers. That's
2: a big deal in Florida. There are Panthers. panthers. There
1: are Panthers in Florida. Look at that. Yep. Speaking
2: of making Canada angry. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> what a shocking turn of, uh, uh, what's the study of animals? Uh, not uh, botanical. Don't ask it. me. Botany? You should know he better than to look at me. Is it botany? No, that's, that's, no botany know. is like that's plants. plants. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, zoology. <laughs> what a, so-
0: <laughs> a shocking turn of zoological events. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Toronto. You, you can know, never make fun of me for zoology. Yeah, you cannot make fun of me for geology ever again. No,
2: because I knew I was wrong and found the answer without looking on and the one internet. who studies animals is a zoologist. <laughs> See that? That's why they See? work at a zoo. <gasps> That? What? I oh, just put it wow. all together.
1: Never put
0: that together no. before.
2: The Leafs are one and three in I hope you're the, the next four. one to jump
0: over the Jaguars. And- that's <laughs>
2: wow, that's oh. just rude. Oh. Uh, they've lost to Ottawa and, and the Rangers in their last is four not games. Great. Mm. So let me, okay, let's. we need to get into Toronto for a second because we all thought, Jamie and I especially, and probably even me more than anybody, thought they were a legitimate Stanley Cup contender this year. And I still think they are, but their hey, path hey, is a mess. The think best. they're going out in the first round. Yeah, well, I kind of am inclined to believe that as well, but how much of this—because they're legitimately struggling now. This isn't just Toronto media freaking out. They are struggling down the stretch. Is it just complacency because they've known who they're going to play in the first round for two months, or are they buckling under the pressure?
0: This team had some flaws, and those are only going to be exacerbated when you're playing with two awesome teams in your division.
2: Blue line. But they have a full roster. They should beat Ottawa.
0: Yes, they should.
2: Ottawa, sure. They and they lost should beat the Rangers 6 to 2 to Ottawa. They did. And they lost 2 to 1 to the Rangers this weekend.
0: The, it, this does have a feel of a team that feels defeated already. Mm-hmm. That they've already not lived up to their own expectations S- that they're already just they're sulking and So
1: when, when you are ownership, when you are management and you are looking at this situation, do you think do you think again I've asked this before, do you think Mike Babcock should be in trouble if this team goes out in the first round again? Will they they give him another season? Or, again, will they say, hey, there's this guy named Joel
0: Quinville? Well, that's the X factor. Yes, that's the X factor. Because if Joel Quinville is interested in that position, and you know it, You've got to think long and hard, especially since I don't care what Mike Babcock says. I don't believe for a second that everything's kumbaya with Dubis and, and Babcock. It doesn't sound like it, and it, it hasn't is. been. It's never been, and it won't won't be going forward. And yeah.
2: I don't know that it is with Babcock and some of his players either. Which
1: I agree with that. I don't. I don't ever buy that Austin Matthews and Mike Babcock are just punky dory. No, does anyone say that anymore? No, no. no I don't, I don't I, know that I mean, I don't. Maybe Mike Babcock. I don't, even say, Babcock I don't even say it anymore. But it's... we were talking about Mike Babcock, so I thought it fit. Are you get into character. Yeah. Method podcasting? Yeah, yeah, method
2: podcasting. I like I it. I like that. That's, I, that's good. You cannot be buddy-buddy with your players and have success, but when you're under the scrutiny in that market and that player is the, the yeah. face of that franchise in Austin Matthews, it's...
0: Let's also be realistic. It's been a while since Mike Babcock done, has done anything. Like, I mean, I know... He, look, those Red Wings ones were excellent. He wrote like, a I, book. I, I, that's, that's lovely. It's supposed to be a good book. That's, that's great. Okay. Cool. Jamie doesn't hey, read. Remember, uh,
1: remember when he took the Blackhawks to Game 7 in that series? Yeah, that was awesome. When were the Blackhawks in the playoffs? See, that's the thing. the, <laughs> like, like the Red Wings were. <laughs> you know what's crazier about that series? Brent Seabrook scored the game-winning goal. Did Oof. I feel like And it's all been went into
2: an
0: alternate sunshine universe. and rainbows for really? the Blackhawks since then.
1: Yes. Yep. And he made like $40 billion off oh, that goal. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he did. Okay. So, anyway...
0: The reality is, is the expectations for this team are always going to exceed the talent level and where they are in the progression timeline. So, do you give Babcock another year, one more year? I think they starts next year. I do, right? two. I do, and yeah, I, I put him on the
1: clock next unless, season
0: unless Quinville is like, well, if you don't hire me this off season, I'm going to Seattle. Like okay. at that point, when you Ooh, have we'll hang out with Tip, when you have an opportunity at a coach like that, that is not going to wilt under that kind of pressure because he knows. I just. Tipping the totems. Tipping the totems. I, I like it. That it. sounds like a band that their yeah, first hit
1: single would be Hunky Dory. I have to pass that along to Dave.
0: Plus, it's the perfect scapegoat. Tip because I've got to figure out who the scapegoat is besides Nylander. Like, it's got to be more than just one player. Well, oh,
1: Matthews has been a nice scapegoat recently, but too. But you right? you're not getting rid of him. Yeah, no, it'd be crazy to do that. Um, right. We can go more into Toronto in the coming weeks.
2: because uh, yeah, well, be And their
0: season is going to be fun, too. It uh, should Marner, be Marner, and I mean, there, there's there's some there's some fun stuff.
2: I'm going to be how about the Bruins? Actively livid if nobody offers sheets anybody this summer. Yeah, me
1: too. Yeah. But I've heard that Detroit might be active on that. Yeah, front. Detroit's so like the only one. Yeah. that seems interesting. Because Steve Eiserman yeah, goes go to Point,
0: yeah. or goes to Detroit and sheets Braden Point.
1: <laughs> yeah. So have we come, come, hate come with me? Have we underestimated the Boston Bruins? <laughs> yes, we did.
0: And, and this is the thing I look back on, and I thought about this last week after we talked about it. I went home and I pondered the podcast. Where, wow. where
1: did you do this? Do you have a pondering room?
0: No, I just sat in the living room on my recliner and just, and just looked thought, at
1: the ceiling, stroked stroked,
0: stroked my chin, huh, okay. and just and thought.
1: thought uh, got a little
0: bit that okay, awkward. we <laughs> that I that I was just so focused on like the pizzazz that was Toronto's off season and that team and how good they were at the top that. Kind of, I overlooked how good Boston has been and that they were really a very similar team that they have been the last couple years. That I really shouldn't have anticipated a drop off or that they couldn't be as good as Toronto, that they, we had seen them do it more. They were way more proven than Toronto was. And every
2: and, team in Boston always wins, too. Then, that too. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But, <laughs> but it's just,
0: yes, I think I completely underestimated. Why are you them. a
2: Rangers fan if you're a Yankees fan? What? Why aren't you a Rangers fan?
0: I, it's just I'm not I didn't. It's when I got into the sports like okay. really the only team that I really just die hard identify with is the Yankees. Only the I other got sports into the it's sports. like players
2: and I followed the Minnesota the orders, Wilds. The orders the Wilds. of the sports
1: the Wilds.
2: I in my opinion there are two teams that can take Tampa out in the playoffs this year. One is Tampa and one is Boston. <laughs> yes, That's it
0: yes.
1: Boston had 112 points last year. They're probably going to get close to that again this year. And oh by the way, they just resigned. 50-year-old, 8-foot-tall Zdeno Chara yeah. to a one-year extension. So he, he can, got taller and older. He did. Yeah, it's amazing. Still good. Happened, but, yeah. well, not necessarily. Still uh, good enough. Just still good enough as a shutdown guy yeah. because he's just so darn tall and has that ridiculous reach that, well, yeah, you got around him, but not really because, yeah, he's got like a 15-foot wingspan. Yeah, he probably doesn't have a 15-foot
2: wingspan. Uh, Craig is full of exaggerations on, on I'm am, am Mr. Hyperbole Superlative and, today.
1: Yeah, Mr. Hyperbole. I like it.
2: Uh, let's I want to talk about okay. our two favorite teams before we hit the
1: listener questions and we've got a lot of listener Minnesota's questions. not on that list, right? No. Okay. Better not be. Ottawa
2: <laughs> David Letterman joining us now uh, See, nice, yeah, nice, nice thing. You're on fire today I was hoping I'm he would impressed. be the new president at, of hockey i You know, nasty
1: comment you made to me earlier okay. But that really loosened up the show and got Can we switch off. from Quebec LOL to Ottawa LOL? Because it, it actually sounds a little better But here's the thing I
2: don't want to pile on Ottawa fans Because they have done nothing wrong It's not like they're being nasty and attacking oh, people I, They're optimistic not right now, now. No,
0: Twitter no says choice. otherwise Twitter Ottawa fans yeah, they have a, They have a choice. <laughs> Ask to Toronto.
1: Look at all those draft
0: picks. It's only a matter of
1: time because we're going to spend them well. All those players will pan out and, yeah, it'll be, hey, and then there we'll a lot spend- There are leprechauns in Ottawa. Then we'll spend to the cap. <laughs> That's how this works. <laughs> oh, okay. And we'll have a new president of hockey operations.
2: Now, are those the real fans that Eugene Melnick was talking about or are those the fake fans that had mm-hmm. the audacity to boo their horrible
0: team? So, so when the Houston Senators finally turned things around Oof. eight years from now- Eesh. Yeesh. Florida.
1: (laughs) Florida, the Houston Panthers. The (laughs) Panthers in Houston? I've heard that team's for sale. Florida? Yeah. By the way, how was Florida when you were there? You, You just got back. Uh, the state or the team? Let me tell you that you just got back in case you forgot. Okay, <laughs> no, I just got back from Long Island yeah, though,
0: actually, yeah. but yeah. but how was and the wound care center of Newark? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I passed it again. I passed the wound care center. I think, it's I think still suggested. there,
1: still in business, still going strong. Sponsor do, of
0: the show? We, we need to do a remote from there, like yeah, the, the wound care center. We really, really should yeah. that would be awesome. Next time
1: New Jersey makes the Stanley Cup, we'll so. Do it. Florida was, you know, we we stayed right on the ocean and it rained both days so we didn't get to enjoy cool. any any part of Fort Lauderdale to be honest. We did
0: hear the rain on the podcast special yeah, well, guest. You Florida heard the, rain. you heard the <laughs> ocean. Special guest, The ocean was the rain. roaring.
1: The ocean was angry oh, while I was in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. But uh the Panthers, you know, it's a, a that, that's a pretty good team when you look at the skill they have. I don't get why they're not better than they are. But the uh the crowd, whew. Uh, I think it filled in to maybe seven or eight by the time the game got going. Yeah. Maybe seven. That's not
2: just a Panthers problem. The Marlins have that issue, too. Like, there's just... I don't know. If Miami's new.
0: not the not a great sports city for attendance. Yeah, and, it's just and, the reality. The yeah, Heat didn't well, draw before LeBron. Look, no. and
1: it's, it's true at, of climates, warm climates, unless you have a massive population like L.A. has yeah. got... It's true of warm climbs, yeah. There are other options, man. I, a lot. I I could just go sit out on the beach instead of sitting in a cold ice arena. Yeah. Not when, when the ocean's sounds like angry, a, though. But say, true. Can you think of a
0: couple things to do in Miami. True. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, exactly. three, and then three, when yeah. you
1: have to drive all the way to Sunrise, yeah, the stadiums, to get to wow, so it is inconvenient, way out there.
0: Because I, 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 lived in Pembroke Pines, and I remember for there it was semi convenient to get to Sunrise or to get to Pro Player Stadium or whatever they're calling. Sunrise
1: is the least convenient location in the NHL. Do you remember asking Jamie for his life story? Because I, I don't really. <laughs> no, remember. that's why I interrupted. Him. Oh, okay, <laughs> Sunrise is really far. Way too far.
2: I listened to an old episode, like listens? 10 minutes of it. I listened <laughs> to those episodes about the Wilds. He's we're guys. Nice. We're not real nice to each other. No. Like when you go back No, and we're listen, not. The, um, I
1: find our shows are better when that's the case. Well, they then they should be award winning. So, were you saying something important? Uh, I want to talk about not. the Oilers, okay. so no.
2: But oh. we briefly touched on it before, but I think we need to give it a couple minutes here with uh, owner CEO Bob Nicholson. <laughs> oh, yeah. everything on Toby Reader. Uh, Jim Light said thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but it worked for Dallas, or at
1: least Did you see okay. what Brian Burke said about it? That was great. It's Brian so Burke actually said something that made sense. Brian Burke has gotten a lot funnier now that oh, he's, on, yes. he's on Sports yes. Night or wherever he is. Blaming Toby Reader for the problems in Edmonton is like blaming someone in the engine room for the Titanic crashing into an iceberg.
2: After the fact, Edmonton's been horrible long before Toby Reader got there.
1: There were so many good sub-tweets after that came out. Yeah. <laughs> so many. Everything is at little- all. <laughs> if only we had known, going back to 2006, that Toby Reader was the problem. <laughs> but hey, at yeah. least we've identified it now, so everything will be great going forward. The, the first step
2: in solving <laughs> yes. a problem is identifying the problem. So when Edmonton gets rid of Toby Reader, and make no
1: mistake, they've made it quite clear they're going to. Would, well, <laughs> yeah, I'd be... If I'm the agent I'm on speed dial right now saying, yeah. get me the heck out of here. Maybe they'll
0: trade and, him for another AHLer that they can't play and only punch people in the face again. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out make, to Cale Kessie. They'll make the
1: Stanley Cup, though, right? I know. Maybe trade him for a goaltender who could carry your team. Oh, they got one. They,
0: they signed one long term. Don't you oh, remember?
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just saying Toby yeah. Reader was the piece. Yeah, that and they didn't have the other way. For no, I'm for uh, Darcy Kemper. Oh, yeah. 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 He,
0: if he had I mean, told more goals for L.A. last year, they yeah, would have still that done nothing. He,
1: he, again, and as we established earlier, if Toby Reader were scoring more, the Coyotes would be in the playoffs, too. So. Here are
0: 9,000
1: so mm-hmm. listener questions. Wait, we're, that's all we're doing on Toby Reeder? Well, that's it? We're almost at two hours. But but, but we I, haven't I, crushed Bob Nicholson enough. That's true. Oh, go, ahead. Here. Okay. Go, go ahead, Jamie. It, I feel it, like you should get into Long Island mode here. Long
0: Island mode. No, it just, it's, this This team is such a disaster. On every front, Breaking and news. And, look, and Breeders hasn't been good. No, zero goals is not very good. That's my expert analysis. My hashtag analysis: there. zero goals is not very good. Even I can score zero goals in an NHL season. That's probably Think true. Think about that. Yeah. But
1: you don't treat
0: a player. No, like you don't this. call them out. Criticize name. the behavior. Don't don't blame him for all the issues of the front. What just patently false. false? What you That's said what first of all. What's worse that he's. Attacking a player like this or that he thinks 12 Toby Reader goals is the difference between Edmonton being where they are now and a contender? Yeah. What, what is more delusional?
2: It was, it was so wrong. Big so picture, the issue is more the second one because that would indicate to me that the front office thinks they're close, which has been their problem to all what? along. To what? Close to what? Close to being relevant again. <laughs> I mean they have the most exciting player in the world. Yeah. It's not debatable. And they have an they awesome are, second. Awesome
0: number 2 there. Yes. They're, they literally that's have three centers that are performing and they the can do anything. You
1: drool over their center depth. Most teams would drool over their center depth and they are just failing miserably with it. They have top
2: 5 center depth in the league at 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 worst. Yeah. And, and just that duo of McDavid and Drysdale might be the best, really. Yeah. It's certainly right there with what Matthews, Tavares, and if Crosby, of
1: playing Nuge... Uh,
0: like yeah, I mean, when you when you can play Nuge down the middle, like, uh, which, you know, if they had other good players on the team, they might they be able to do They had any wings.
1: We're talking
2: about all these teams in the playoff race in the West and how the West is down this year, and we haven't mentioned Edmonton in that context at all today for a reason. All right, we've got a lot of listener questions, so okay. here's the options. Do we want to continue this as a just a jumbo podcast or pull the listener questions off
1: into a separate podcast? <laughs>
0: I, I, I'm not ready. I think to, we just wrap let's,
5: let's up with the it.
1: listeners' questions. But but once again, I just wanted to point out before we head to those the I've made this point in the past the simplicity of gold differential in deciding who makes the playoffs and who does not. Once again, we're in that situation where the teams in green on NHL.com are in the playoffs. The teams in the red. Are not except except for the Columbus Blue Jackets, (laughs) who are very close to Montreal, have a game in hand, and they have a better goal differential. So yeah, but it's it's. I mean, in some ways, it's very logical, but it's it's you you expect to see some exceptions, and you almost never do. Ottawa's a minus fifty six. That's good, and they're not even the worst. Well, Anaheim and LA are minus fifty seven. Yeah,
2: Detroit's minus fifty three. I keep forgetting Detroit is there. All right, here we go. I'm just going to go. In reverse order of when they got sent in. Did
0: you, did you screen them? No. Okay. Good.
2: Coyote Steve. I haven't even like read them. So if that there's grammatical error, this is like a Ron Burgundy moment waiting to happen. Assuming Arizona drafts above 10 in 2019, would they be inclined to deal the pick for immediate help? If so, would they be targeting right defense, right wing, center, or just upgrading skill uh, in general?
0: Okay, so I'm assuming when he says above 10, they means a worse <laughs> pick than 10? Craig
2: just
1: hit his headset and turned it all the way it's just up. Just way, way too much there. Yeah.
0: So are we assuming? Are so my, my
1: levels went up, and I, I, I even it. lost the question.
0: As uh, you interpret the question, is he saying if they don't have a pick in the top 10?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's saying okay. outside the top
0: 10. If they have a pick outside the top 10...
2: Repeat. Oh, would, they they tra- would they trade it yes, and then would they I, trade I was, it for... Yeah, you might, you
1: were <laughs> for blown. for there. Turning up your
2: They're own it was, it was agony. Would you trade it for immediate help, and would you be targeting right defense, right wing, center, or just skill in general, if you traded it?
1: If it's outside the top ten...
2: The question need. is, what kind
0: of player are you getting there? I mean, young, you, you need young, controllable assets, right? I mean, this is still the Coyotes. This is still the budget team you need young controllable assets. That's the thing. There's so many things up in the air here. What what does ownership look like? This, yeah.
1: it, it's such a it's such a massive factor in their offseason.
2: Just say ownership looks exactly the same as, as it looks now though? Okay. Just okay. Sort of then then the you questions. need
1: controllable assets, yeah. yes, <laughs> okay. and yeah. uh, maybe you can go trade it for a player that can help you. Depends on your evaluation too of the the players outside the top 10, which is uh, quite frankly the Coyotes have fallen down on that job often mm-hmm. and they need to do a better job in the draft on, on that front. Um even recently, or are you just saying historically? Historically, even even recently, I mean, the, Brenda Perlini's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Got a hat trick against the Coyotes. That was yeah,
2: nice of did, him. Yeah, he did.
1: But you know, we've seen this from him, right? He'll have a little burst and then he goes inconsistent yeah. again, like he is right now. Uh, Mike, I don't know. I, I I don't know what I would do with that pick at that point. Um, it depends on there's there's so many factors there. What's available? What What are people willing to give up for a number twelve draft pick? I don't know. Yeah.
0: And you might not know until you get closer to that pick actually being right. made. Maybe yeah, somebody's right. falling, and a, and a team
1: gets desperate. But I'd be willing to shop it and just see. I wouldn't sure. mind a right-handed defenseman. I, yeah. I do think they're missing one desperately. Um, I still think then, you need scoring more than anything yeah, else. But maybe so you can obvious. do that in free agency. Maybe, maybe you mm. can't. Uh, maybe you can do it by a trade. We're going to do a show, uh, probably once we get through the playoffs, looking
2: at all the uh, potential scorers available in free agency. Yes, we should do that. Mike Covert. When will talk sit Keller? I love his potential, but he contributes zero when he. Doesn't score, I'm assuming he's he's going
1: to say. Sunday, he looked like a lost child out there. At least Garland hustles and tries to make plays. I don't think it's going to happen the rest of this season. Maybe it'll happen down the road, but I don't think it's going to happen the rest of this season. I wrote a story about this, how different players are treated differently. And there's a reason, a couple reasons, that Clayton Keller gets treated a little differently and gets more rope than other players. One, because he has... The type of skill that the Coyotes are sorely lacking, so even when he's playing poorly, he might just make a play that makes a difference in a game. And that's why he's still out there. He's also really young, and they want to work with him. They want to build his confidence. So there are a couple factors working in his they favor. Sit Chikrin, though. They did sit Jacob Chikrin, but he had a run of five, six games where he was, he was
0: brutal. And they have a lot more depth there.
1: Yes, they, they do have a lot it's
0: more a different depth there. story.
1: Yeah. But uh, I want to go back to what you said: of different
2: players get different treatment. Do you think it'd be the worst thing in the? I, I'm with you now. With six games left, you can't sit him because of what he can do. But we also haven't seen him do it all year. Yeah. He's been their tenth best player this season. Personally,
1: I would have found a, a reason, uh, an occasion at some point to sit Clayton Keller down because I I do think that he has been lacking in way too many areas, and I think uh, that might be like the kind of correction that he needs, a wake up call to say, hey, you're you're not that special. Right now, in fact, you, you're not doing much for this team to help it win, and they need you to do it. We know you're really young. We know you're facing a lot of attention. All that stuff matters, but you got to figure it out. Maybe just take a step back, take a look at what's happening out there, and we need you to come with more fire. We just need you to come with more fire, more determination, because we don't have many players with the skill level you have. And, and to Mike's point, he doesn't really provide much if he's not producing
2: offense.
0: Nope. You're so well, right, he's there, not
1: a good defensive
2: player. There
0: are a lot of holes in his game, but yeah. he is a young player that has a lot of skill and a lot of potential. He can play
1: with the puck. He's one of those rare guys where he, he doesn't have to dump the puck in deep and get you know get going on the forecheck. He, he's one of those few guys on this team that can make plays high in the zone, right? Or, or entering the zone or through the neutral zone. Not a lot of guys on the couch can say that.
0: But he still has a ways to go to be unproductive in all of those other areas and still make up for it. Yeah, you There's a be ways to go. Producing.
2: Yeah. Point, I mean, he has seven goals since Thanksgiving, I think. Seven or eight goals. I mean, they they need offense, so I understand why you leave them in there, but I do think there's value to, hey, sit for two games. Look, you're not going to like it, but you'll get over it. Yeah, but that time has passed this season. Now it has, yes. yeah. 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 I think they probably should have done it about three or four weeks ago. They should have, yeah.
0: but they didn't. And and now you look into next season and who we could be playing with, with Schmaltz and Galchenyuk, right. and you say, okay, now you're going to have that opportunity to play with players that can come close, if not match your skill level, if there's still struggles then, then you have to sit him down it's, for a little it's
2: bit. It's a fine line to walk if you're a Rick Tockett, and we all think he's done an outstanding job this year because he has. But when you start treating players differently, like, Chickren's the same age. So it, at what point are you – if you're Jacob Chickren, are you saying, well, I can be sat but he can't? Or if you're well, Connor Garland or if you're Christian Fisher, all you, these guys can sit and Keller can't?
0: You've got to earn it, and that's the difference. Like – Ovechkin can never play, can never come over the center ice line for the rest of his career, and you're never going to say, "Yeah, exactly." Well, okay, you have that's to, Alex Ovechkin. I know, but I'm saying you have to earn some of that, uh, some of that. And I don't think Clayton Keller has earned that yet. Really? He could he? Yes, absolutely. He has the upside too, but he hasn't earned that yet. That There's can, a lot of that guys that have the upside. This. Rick I mean, Marcus
1: Russell had upside. Rick Tockett, I'll give you <laughs> yeah, the standard but- answer. Life isn't fair. Any coach can say you treat 21 players the same, but it's not true. Not everybody is treated the same. That is. That's yes. that's true in this league. But, but- the
2: thing I, I like about Tockett is, and we're, we'll never know this, even, even with the access we have, he's so good at communicating with his players mm-hmm. that I think he he probably goes to sit Connor Garland after he was one of the only guys producing offense and and you're not sitting your guy that's not doing anything, I think he probably sits down with Garland and says, look, there's a specific reason I'm sitting you. You're not going to like it but I want you to respond in a big way when you're back in the lineup. Yeah, look,
0: I, I'm not defending Clayton Keller. I mean, I've, had, I've discussed this on here before. My, my opinion of him as a player is lower than, I think, what the consensus agreement of what his talent level is. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the, I understand the logic they are using, and it makes sense up until the point he can produce what you need him to do to make up for everything else, and he hasn't done that yet. And again, there's nothing you do about it this season, but next year he is, unless he starts the year hurt, he is going to get, get the opportunity to play with other skilled players on, a, on that top line, that is his moment. Okay, you've never had two years in the league. The league responded to your success as a rookie. They put a lot more pressure on you this year. Now it's your time to adjust back. Does he adjust back? Does he do what he needs to do to say, okay, I need to step my game up another level to match what's been coming at me? If he does not, then we have a problem.
2: We got a lot of questions about whether or not this is a sophomore slump for him or if it's him reacting to being an all-star and thinking he already is an all-star when... He will have better years than this in his career, I would hope. I would hope this is the worst year of his career. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know if it's a sophomore slump because we saw a lot of this last year.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he is now.
0: So I I need to see, is he going to develop into the upper echelon scorer that you say, that is just so valuable to us that the other stuff doesn't matter? Or is he always going to be this fundamentally flawed player with a lot of skill? We don't know the answer to that yet because that's the the question I need answered because that's the difference about whether he is a true top line player you can build around and put another piece up there that he can make better or if he's just a good player you put on your second line a complimentary piece.
1: In many ways Clayton Keller is a case study in Rick Tockett's ability as a coach because this is how he was touted. He is the guy that can bring these young guys along, develop them Clayton Keller is one of the biggest keys to their future so he needs to get through to this guy and bring him along, make him the player that the Coyotes believe he can be. Are you worried
2: at all that you're saying the same things that we heard about Dylan Strome and some of these other guys that are gone? Of Well, let's see what they can do with skill. I mean, this is the team you're on.
0: The difference is, is Strome had a lot of flaws, but he never showed even this, this offensive spark to the level that, that um, Clayton Keller has. Agreed. Like we, Clayton Keller could be a point-per-game player next year, and not a single one of us would be surprised.
2: None of us look at him as, as a goal scorer, though, right? I mean, when you're talking about no, the team a, needs to score a second, goals, a you still need piece. that piece. Yes, okay. but
0: you also need to be able... But then his keys, his place is he needs to be able to have play with somebody that can, well, shoot. It'd be lovely if someone would shoot the puck. Galchenyuk <laughs> likes to shoot. Yes, so, if, if, so they're if not they playing together.
1: No, but you could. I mean, you could see that line together next season. You know, some yeah. of the flaws we've just talked about, but I could see that line playing together next year. I'd like to see that line play together for a significant stretch and see what they can
2: do. Seth writes in, with this losing streak, I feel most frustrated with the Edmonton-Florida losses. Can't win if you don't score, but I feel like McDavid and Huberto stole those games in particular. Is there an avenue for the Yotes to land that caliber of player? I know lottery luck and payroll lottery factors.
1: Luck. <laughs> lottery luck is the only way you get getting a, caliber, a player of that caliber or a crazy situation like a Tavares changes hands because he wants to go home and he's a free agent. Why was Huberto rumored to be available before? He, they would have wanted an absolute boatload yeah. for him. They're, they're, it was un, in consideration, but they wanted a ton for him. But why were they even considering trading him? S- Get sixty assists.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess when you when you keep missing. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, as Craig makes the, the money side the Johnny I Manziel mean, sign? Yeah. yeah,
1: okay.
2: But I mean, there are some like love I said, love to have we'll, a player like that. We'll love to have a player
1: like Sasha Barkov. Yeah, like, no, you're yeah. not getting Barkov. You Talk about uh, you know Huberto had four assists in that game. I know that, but Barkov to me was if the difference a in that game. He's just he's just ridiculous. He's, Bart, he's one of the best players in the league. Most underrated player in the league. Yes. Without question. I don't think it's even
2: close. It's
0: close. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who's the other player we were talking about. I know the Blake we had the joke, but like, who was the other player we were talking? about? I mean, about I've that's brought up Ricard everybody.
2: Raquel in the past, but Raquel, he's been yeah. bad this year. And he's yeah. just been. I mean, everybody. Anaheim, so good. Barkov has a center though, doing what he does. He's 23.
0: Yeah, he's super young too.
2: Yeah, a legit number one center. Yep. In every possible way. Uh, OG. He's answering a question, so oh, I'll skip okay. over that we got a lot of these.
1: Uh, coaches Jack. This is why you screen calls. When no, the no, arena no. gets
2: settled, <laughs> are they going to put a bronze
1: statue of Shane Doan out in front?
0: <laughs> uh, no, I think at that point we're going to have a different type of metal that we, that we have invented. Oh. So it won't be in bronze. Okay.
1: Not a big bronze fan
2: anyway. Uh, Mike, how hard is it to score when you squeeze the stick into sawdust? Why not play
1: Galchenyuk with Devo or Step? Mm, there's, some, there's some thought to retooling the lines and letting Galchenyuk play with someone else. There's some thought to that. Uh, I think that's fair to how, consider. Let's explore that. I mean, how how much can you make changes in the final two weeks of the season when
2: well, you're in the middle of playoff I
0: mean,
1: they're, they're all teams are going to be doing that, just trying to find a mix that's working.
0: Nobody's clicking enough right now. That yeah, you can't, have you to can't keep say, them together.
1: Wait, well, hey, we can't change these lines <laughs> well, up. The, the second I mean, part was, uh, How much do you have to make changes in our last five <laughs>
2: games? <laughs> uh, Tom writes in. Ar- Tom Jansen, Arizona Coyotes fan in London. Why don't we see Lawson Krause fight more? He has the size and skill to be a Tom
1: Wilson type. <laughs> Why do you want to see more fights?
0: Because it doesn't matter. Uh, yes,
1: the, there's, the, there's the long and short answer. It doesn't matter. Fighting doesn't matter. Hold on. Stop focusing he, on the so much. He, he predicted what you were going to say. He's even backed down from fights this year. Spare me the there's no more fighting argument. It's just no, not true. I'm not saying there's no more fighting. There's, very, there's definitely far less fighting. And here's the other thing. There's been a deep analysis of fighting and whether it impacts games. It doesn't. It's all a lie. There's, there's, there's this old school narrative. Oh, that changed the game. No, it didn't. Fights, fights almost never have an impact on a game. Now, there are times maybe where you feel like your guy should come to the defense of someone that got hit. I get that. I think Kraus does that really and well. And I do, too. Yeah. I, I think but he does But that. that's different.
0: That's not a strategy yeah. to win a game. That's yes. a strategy to, to win over teammates or just stand up for your, have your good, friends. To have yeah.
2: good team unity, which I would say is one of the Coyotes' biggest assets this season. Like, they are a team. Yeah. Compared to, not uh, to sound like Peter or Dorian. No, but, I
1: completely agree with that. They are, yeah. Well, yeah, and the, the and <laughs> loose sense, yes. Ottawa is a team.
0: They are a team.
1: Uh, let's see the they're angry the senators, the angry budgie. Can you
2: organize the Coyotes to come play a preseason game in Manchester? We have a twenty thousand seat. Manchester, England, or California? Uh, it or has the British, British flag. flag. No, or, he's he's,
0: England, I yeah. he's an old five for howling guy. Uh,
2: I go by H now. When will you get done on the podcast? Well, to be fair,
0: we've
1: had donuts.
2: We I believe we got his first post-retirement interview. He did like a full hour with us. But I could see us getting him on again this summer at some
0: point. We'll do a fancy baseball podcast with him. Then the be, Craig. Then it'll be a seven-hour
1: oh, podcast. No, I can't do. I can't do fantasy baseball talk. Just seriously, just shove bamboo shoots in my eyes. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, please, no fantasy talk, Lisa. Please help out of my mind.
2: Please help me and other Coyotes fans understand what has happened to Keller. The kid is taking a huge step back. The season is this normal or a sign of oh, things to come? We just talk about this. Yeah. We we Wait. did, but the the last part is that normal or a sign of things to come? It, it, we don't know. We don't know.
0: It depends. Like, yes, there's the, again, I'm the king of nonlinear progression. I get it. And, and yes, that happens. And sophomore slumps do happen. But
1: I, I think it's way too soon to give up
0: on no. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, But I don't know because we've seen, not that I don't know about giving up on him. I'm saying I don't know if the things we're seeing now are just going to be problems he deals with throughout the rest of his career. doesn't mean he can't elevate other elements of his game to rise above that, which is it- I think is, if I had to guess, would be the most likely outcome that... The defensive problems and all the things that we are seeing now will still be problems down the road, but the other areas of his games will be vastly improved, so it's not as big of an issue. That was my best guess I don't
2: think—I don't know that we're ever going to see him being a guy that goes into the corner and fights for the puck, which is tough because those are your—as a a player, those are your favorite teammates. But I do feel like he went to the net a lot more last year as a rookie. Even with—you know, he's given up size. I feel like he went to the net. Is it possible this year could be the best thing to happen to him? Like, is it possible this— this takes away. He got a lot of hype last year for mm-hmm. a good season. Is it possible this year makes him much better next year? It's possible, it's possible
0: year. but he's still getting sure. a lot of hype this year too. Like you know what I mean? Like it's
2: yeah, outside of the city. It's
0: what yeah. It's from people well, that aren't is. watching the team, that, and yes. that's
2: it.
1: Because he made the All Star game, and and when I do radio shows for for other cities, hey, how about Clayton Keller? And and I think it's a surprise to virtually everybody I talk to that I say, yeah, he hasn't been very good this year. Yeah. that wasn't that wasn't an exaggeration. He's maybe been their tenth best player this year.
2: And it, it I mean, yeah. it throws people off when you do those interviews of like Brad Richardson's been their best player, and they're like, Brad Richardson yeah. or Derek Stepan's been better, or Kemper, or Oliver Eckman Larson, or Zalmers. You can run down a list of players that have really contributed this year. Uh Gilbert. What's
1: been going on with Chikrin lately seems like he's been making some bad decisions with the puck. Well, that's exactly it. Yes, he's, his decision-making has been very bad lately. He's, he's made a lot of mistakes with the puck, and that's why he sat. Both, both of
2: these guys are 20-year-olds. Yes, too.
1: yeah. and Jacob Chikrin's playing a harder position. It is so hard to play defense in this league. So I think he's got the head. I think he's got the, the fortitude. I think he's got all the tools. Give him some time to develop. This is a really tough position, and at that age, to be playing the minutes, situations he's in— it's great experience for him and yeah. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to be crushed by it I think he has the toughness to to fight through it and learn from it uh, another one from Lisa with the Coyotes
2: in a scoring slump who do you think John Chaika should target in the offseason to help the team with this issue
1: TBD we'll talk about that on a future show so stay tuned a
2: Tampa Bay defenseman probably mm-hmm. Mikhail Sergachev that's no. what I'm taking from Craig so okay. Right. okay. no, uh, no more panic writes in Sarah's not old that's, that's true hi Tim that's true. <laughs> <laughs> because you uh, you called her our old friend
0: the oldest uh, modifying the word. Friend. I'm old yeah, though. There's a lot I'm old of though, Tim. There's a lot, I'm of, old,
1: as you know, but a, I think you're older, Tim. So now you're getting a
2: shot.
0: Who's shout out Tim? Him. Is that do you know? Tim all Green.
1: All oh, yeah. okay.
2: Um, there's a lot of Chickren and, and Keller questions here, yeah. so I'm going to skim through the rest of them. How about uh, Chris? If the league created an award for the best defensive defenseman, would they name it after Jalmerson and retroactively give him the last ten?
1: No, I think they name it after Rod Langway. But Nick Chalmerson would be on my ballot. I'm not sure yeah. yet who I would vote for, but Nick Chalmerson would be on my ballot because he's He's nails defensively, he's just so good. Stick positioning. I mean body positioning too, but I, I notice his stick so much. He's as good with his stick as Michael Grabner is.
2: Uh last two from Jack. When on top of his game and healthy, do you consider Schmaltz a number one center in
1: this league?
0: No idea. But no. But I,
1: I don't but, think he's a number what 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 what's a number one? Are we talking technically, a franchise number one? Or just a guy who's number one and can give you, you know, sixty points? I'm yes, not Yes, I think he can be that guy.
2: But how about let me let me refine his question to can can, can you fill that role on the Coyotes? Yes. Can that. you okay. be good? Well, you don't know that. I mean, I could easily yeah, you could, it could yeah, be like true. a Fight Club situation. That's another or one of your burner accounts. Yeah. yeah. Um, can he be a number one center on a playoff team? How's that?
0: He could be the number one center on a Coyotes Nashville type, type playoff of team. team. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: When you have center depth, not not necessarily that that super high end guy, but if you have Nick Schmaltz and you have Barrett Hayden and you have Christian Dvorak. And then I don't know who the fourth center is at that point. But, yeah, you could have that kind of depth and be a playoff team, sure. Uh, last
2: one from Loyal Sif. Barring minors, playoffs, do you see you guys see any prospects coming up and playing the last bit of
1: this NHL season? I wouldn't see that they're no, in a playoff no, no. race. But but I really, I, have. No, and I don't think Nick Merkley's coming up. Some people have asked me about that. I don't, He just hasn't progressed the way that they had hoped off that injury, and it's a tough injury to come back from. It's an ACL, so they're just going to give him the time, let him... Do it sort of under the radar and develop, and he'll he'll make a push in camp to make this roster next season.
2: The second half of it is, I like Barrett Hayton, but uh, Nate Schnarr is having an excellent season, considering he was a third-round pick. Um, specifically Schnar. with Hayton. I- Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I know we've talked about this a little bit, unless Jamie really wants to go down the Nate Schnarr No, path. I
0: was going to say, I, I can't accurately assess Nate Schnarr's Nate Schnarr needs I to play at Tucson seen before much. We have any sense of what yeah, he's going to do. I haven't seen him play much. Just clear
2: this up for everybody again with Hayton. He's either playing junior next year or with the Coyote. Yeah, you can't, you he can't, can't play AHL because, because, because of, of the, the CHL AHL agreement. agreement. The agreement that holds down the development of young players, yes, that agreement? that okay. one, yeah. Uh,
1: he's got a legitimate shot of playing for this team next year, though. He could make the roster next season. I wouldn't be shocked. But you look at their center situation, too. They have Stepan and Richardson under contract next season. You've got Dvorak. You've got Schmaltz. That's
0: going to be the problem. Where do you fit him you, in? Yeah, and you you're not him in? rushing him at that point. Right. Like, There's no need to. There's, Why don't you, yeah. Everything in the world tells you not to. You're, you're incentivized out the wazoo to not play him on your team next year.
2: Well, except for that stupid rule. I mean, what is he proving in junior? If if, if Tucson was an option,
0: clearly well, the answer. Of clearly. Why don't more players
1: look to Europe? Like Austin Matthews, I They say, should. I screamed that on the show I would, before. I, I would go get I paid. Would, I'd you be advising him hey, why don't you go play a year of pro against men yeah. in, in Europe and see how you do? Don't go to junior.
0: In fact, I might
4: write You're, a story about
1: you. You'd
0: this. make more, way more money.
1: Yeah, well, you make money, but you play against men, so you get that experience. Yeah. Like Austin, no, no, I'm
0: saying you make more money to go of course, overseas. You know,
1: now, Austin Matthews is a major disappointment.
2: In yeah, Toronto true. No, it's I I probably yeah, he's, him he's awesome. They probably him. they probably should. Uh, I want to mention to ASU in the NCAA tournament.
1: This is Go awesome. Devils. Don't you love that at football games? It's like my favorite thing. <laughs> I used. To. I don't know. I'm going to hear that. My keep hearing <laughs> now. that story of that that voice, and I always forget it, but I loved it. I love it. It's one of my favorite things about Sun Devil football games.
0: Did we blow up the machine? I need
1: to isolate that, too. Is that another drop? I don't need. Like that, I
0: can see it pretty clearly. Mythical drop. All
2: right. I'm going to do a whole episode of mythical drops. That's it. We've only hit an hour and 45 minutes. Anybody got
1: anything else? I got nothing except for Ilya Kovalchuk and Willie Desjardins. (laughs) LOL. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay, so next week oh, we should we should mention
2: too rate and review if you've made it this far oh please rate <laughs> oh, and review yeah. on itunes tell your friends we yeah. have this if like made it this far you're still awake Let's we have somehow we have it. this loyal army of of uh, natty hatty listeners that are out there pushing the envelope on twitter which i greatly approve of and mm-hmm. encourage to get the word out there uh, next week we'll just do a regular show the following week is when the playoffs begin we're Almost certainly going to do two separate podcasts: Western Conference playoffs and then Eastern Conference and regular news. This is notes. news
1: to me. You?
0: Well, no, he literally told you this. Yeah. Oh, okay, twice. twice. That's Sorry. you know See, your trouble. Yeah. Senior
2: moment when Jamie yeah. backs me up on. It. Yeah, we actually
0: had a, we had a, we had actually extended conversation about this. Yeah, you even participated. You I said words back. I
1: don't recall any
2: of this. Yeah, that's basically those are the words you said back. <laughs> okay. All right, that's going to do it for us for Craig Morgan or what's left of him at this point <laughs> after two hours. <laughs> and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hatrick Podcast.
0: Feed me Don Cherry tears.